Welcome to the Joy of Gaming podcast, comic book side project. We are back. It's been a while since we did a comics episode. Uh, I'm Jordan Alseka. I am Rich Lapore. And I'm Kevin Schaefer, new to the podcast, uh, NC State Student Media. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Well, we've been trying to get Kevin Schaefer to uh, figure out a time for Kevin to, to come in. He's a comic book aficionado, yeah. and aficionado of all things geek, really. Absolutely. But every time we run into you, Kevin, uh, or I run into you, I always uh, wish that I could talk longer about comics. Absolutely. Because you, uh, your, your knowledge uh, bank runs deep. And you seem to have a lot of uh, similar interests. So anyway, Definitely. we will find out all about the man, the myth, Kevin Schaefer. <laughs> um, and uh, we're also going to talk about... Uh, why don't you go the rundown, Jordan? Uh, well, it's been a while. We're not going to hit every news story since no. we last recorded a comics episode because that would be insane in probably about eight hours. Um, and some news stories have become irrelevant. Some have blown back up out of nowhere. But we're going to hit the big things from the past couple of weeks. And we're also going to talk about a lot of the books we've been reading lately mm-hmm. and since the last episode. The ones we feel we have the most to say about, that we can have discussions on. Uh, and awesome. it's just fun to talk comics. It's been too long since not, our last Not week. to mention, so much. what an amazing, exciting time it is in the comic book world. Absolutely. I mean, both the big, both of the big two are doing crazy, you know, earth-shattering. They, they'd want you to believe. Earth-shattering. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know... Things that are that are pretty much going to reset both of their universes to zero, or at least something to that effect, right? Um, and really just change the whole you know complexion of the you know Marvel and DC universes. So it's really an exciting time to be a comic book fan, uh, for better or worse, right? Absolutely. And I think too, you know, you've got DC and Marvel doing Secret Wars, Convergence, these big major events, but there's also a lot of indie comics to get into. So um, true. And that's what I want to talk about as well. So. A lot of news to delve into. It's true. I mean, um, Image came back in a huge... Well, came back. They've always been here, but they've been rising and rising. And then, I'd say mm-hmm. maybe a year or two ago, it was just bl- blam. You know, like just a huge explosion of, right. of Image's popularity. I was, in, I was listening to an interview with Jim Zub recently, and he was just saying, you know, when he launched Skull Kickers, uh, you know, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. like, they had a launch that they thought was pretty good. Yeah. And he says, if I had that launch today with Image, I'd think I failed. <laughs> you know, so that's the comparison. And then you can go 10 years back even further and say, wow, you know, they were doing 10 times the numbers, you know, in the in the era of Spawn and everything. So it's all about cycles and, and all of that. But it's definitely a good time to be an Image and an independent comic book oh, fan. Um, and then there's even, oh, I, this more news is occurring to me as we go, which Uh-oh. I'll bring this one up, but... Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just tease it now, but the big Valiant news with their whole launching a movie universe. Ah, yes. That'll be worth at least minorly talking about. But we've got a lot of big news stories that have happened, uh, so I guess we can just dive right into that. And the right best part that. of all is you get our opinions yes. on these news stories, which of course whether are you so value, valuable. Because whether you value them or not, we're going to give them to you. That's right. Exactly. That is right. All um, right, Jordan, why don't so you kick let, it off? Let's start with the big one from this week, which is that... They finally released an official image of Jared Leto's Joker uh, for Suicide yes. Squad. And now I have not seen this yet. Rich has yet to see it. This is totally true. And we're just going to... Uh, I, I have the picture pulled up. We're going to show it to him and get his initial thoughts off the cuff of Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, <laughs> Try not to be too loud. But. So, yeah, let's see. Here, here you go. You ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just a stunned look oh, right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, now ecstatic or outraged? He's in stud silence. I can't. I'm sorry. Well, you told me not to yell, so I'm, not, I'm <laughs> trying not to yell. <laughs> sorry, uh, my, I, we're recording at my house, and he I'm looks like not. a crust punk. <laughs> he looks like a dude that I saw at a at a punk show last week. You it know what I mean? Not... That, that I was not at. Right, right. He he looks like a dude who. 
went and got like a few too many tattoos and mm-hmm. wants to make sure I see every one of them. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's I don't know. Now that said, I'm not horrified. I'm not horrified. No, I'm not horrified, but it it's definitely a different look. It's very different, and I am glad they are doing something different than the Heath Ledger, Chris Nolan version. Well, you kind of have to, Absolutely. But it begs the question whether DC will go for a semi-more lighthearted tone with Suicide Squad, or are they going to go full... Because, like you said, this is a total punk rock image here. And I am not sure what to make of that as far as... Because, I mean, this is what I want to talk about today is, like... I think Marvel offers more diversity in terms of tone with their movies and with their comics, whereas DC, especially with the movie universe, seems to be going very dark um, as much as they can. It seems to happen even more, you know, with the, and we'll get to it in a minute, with the yeah. release of the uh, Batman v Superman. Oh, absolutely. And why the fuck does it have to be Batman v Superman? Why can't Batman and Superman hang out? Why can't they fight crime together? Why they gotta fight? And you said, you had an answer to this, Jordan. Because comic book heroes always fight when they meet up. I'm uh, not saying it I should know, be the entire movie, but... why but... is that? Why do they always have to fight? Why can't they just, like, kick it? I'm still not done looking at that. <laughs> You're soaking it in? Yeah. The two big things just does pull the lock up. Where's the lock? Center of the oh, screen. Right, right. Dude, I mean, he just looks... I wish I could see more of his hair to see how much it goes, but... The, the two big things people have been commenting on it is the grill, which... <laughs> Is certainly a grill and not teeth. Yeah, and the the fact that he has a little damage tattoo across yes. his forehead. Yes. I see that. I and, see that. Uh, there's a certain lack of subtlety to some of the parts of this. Brain and maybe that's, damage. That's... Get it? Because there's a brain in there. And you see? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Do you see any new Fifty Two in that? Because look behind you. I've got the jo- right behind you, Rich. I've got the Joker mask from over the, on the side. To the left. To the other side. Yeah, yeah. I've oh, got yeah. the Joker mask from Death of the Family, which right, you know right. is that really dark the face storyline. ripped yeah, off. That exactly. stuff, which I love. Absolutely great storyline. They could have um, easily gone that direction. I think though that Heath Ledger's face in the Batman Dark Knight stuff almost kind of looks a lot like that. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. I mean, even though he doesn't have the ripped off face, he's got right. the like scars on his mouth. Right, and it's right, just the right. very much like the face has been damaged right, physically. Right. And then you go back to the the more funny uh, uh, Jack Nicholson uh, debonair Joker yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, the, in the previous Batman's, and now you have this. this. I mean, I it's it's hard for me to tell. Like, I mean, like it's going to be about performance. It's, like yeah, I mean that that's and and that's kind of the muted. Either people are hating it online, or that's yeah. the best I've seen is people going. Well, I mean. It's about it's the performance and, and he's how got a it's J, He's where people where 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 people get like teardrop tattoos. Like te- right, teardrop right. means a body count, or it's actually a blood droplet, I think. Right, right. Or a teardrop, like I, I shed a tear for a life I took in okay. in prison. So in this case, it's a little J under his little <laughs> eye, under his little eye. Look, I'm talking about him like he's cute. Uh, it, it's just it's just weird. It is very strange to it, say the least. It's, I mean, but I don't know what we expected either. Like he's not. Jared Leto is not physically imposing. He doesn't right, look right. beefy. So it was going to always have to be something live. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, we'll have to see how he dresses. That's going to yeah. be a big part of it. If he's if he's rocking bareback, take a look at my tats the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be whack. Uh, but I, I like the comment you made, Jordan, that some of the backlash has been saying that he looks like a juggalo. <laughs> you familiar with juggalos, Kevin? A little bit. Okay, juggalo is uh, a fan of Insane Clown Posse. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. like a ridiculous yeah. rap band. Yeah. Uh, that that and, and 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 what's really ridiculous about them is they used to talk about like the coming of the clown carnival or some shit like that, and it was supposed to come in like 
2005. Yeah. And so, like, their whole thing was this doomsday, the coming of the Dark Carnival, Juggalos, and all this shit. And then 2005 came, and, like, of course, no Dark Carnival swept the nation, of course. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, and, and they're still rolling. They're still just like, now we just shoot Fago at each other. We're really funny. And, and so, you know, it's just like a, like a jokey version <laughs> of a clown is yeah, basically what yeah. it kind of means. I don't know. Like, or almost like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like an urban clown or something, but in a corny way. It's kind of like a juggler, right? Right. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, it'll definitely be interesting. I, I think it, what I'm worried is it just, yeah, it kind of speaks to the tone of the universe yes. and how punk and gritty yes. and well, hopefully grungy it's, it's going to be. Is hopefully it, he's just like, what's what? up? I'm a funny punk. Because, I mean, I would like a Suicide Squad to be like that. Because, I mean, Suicide Squad, I mean, it was originally conceived as more of a Western of sorts. And it should have a certain comedic tone to it. It's certainly not. Uh, the New 52 Suicide Squad, I'm up to, like, issue 20 or so, and I'm pretty caught up on that. And it definitely is at least 50% kind of a humor book. It's, yeah. it's definitely along the lines of, like, the new Harley Quinn book. Right, right. right. Uh, Harley Quinn's more, is closer to, like, that that superior foes of Spider-Man, Hawkeye vibe. Right. Then, then DC's it is. Deadpool. DC's basically. Deadpool. DC's ex- right. Yeah, it's a little more like that uh, than, than, than Suicide Squad is. But Suicide Squad is definitely on that side where they're always doing wit- witty banter. And so it's like, it's almost this, ju- Suicide Squad to me is almost a juxtaposition of dudes who are so hardcore and violent like, but they're in a ridiculous situation with ridiculous partners like Shark Face or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that so that like they it basically I mean, hum- Captain Boomerang yeah, on there. yeah yeah humor ensues Absolutely. it's kind of like this, these people are as, as rugged and, and hardcore as it gets let's right. put them together and then also throw the uh, Harley Quinn in and then like hopefully hilarity ensues right kind of thing well and also let's look at the director's body of work David Ayer is it Ayer Ayers Ayers uh, yeah I'm not so sure on that he's done Fury recently and he also did that Sabotage movie I mean, he's done a lot before Sabotage that. was horrible right it was horrible <laughs> but I guess that was his attempt at a certain level of Sort of more lightheartedness because prior to that he he did Fury he did um what's that cop movie with Michael Pena and uh, Edge uh, oh uh, End of Watch End of Watch which I've heard yeah, was yeah, good yeah. oh it's great yeah yeah mm. isn't that funny how do you and, mess up Sabotage so bad anyway I don't know but uh, I, Muriel Enos really had a classy role in that though mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jordan um, makes fun of it. what did you say she's straight up what anyway uh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, forget it. Yeah, David Ayer. Forget I said anything about Mirelli. No. It just seems like they're going for the more grungy. I don't know. I'm, I, I want them to have something fun to, that I, I want to go absolutely. see. Absolutely. And it just seems like it's going to be heaviness for the next five years. I don't want well, a heavy I, Flash movie. I, no, that's what I'm most worried about. Okay, so I watched this video the other day saying that what if Man of Steel had been done with a more colorful Yeah, aesthetic? with the, the color palette. Exactly. Video, yeah. And it looked beautiful. Like, I mean, because you look at... I mean, I'm not opposed to Zack Snyder. I, I mean, I respect, especially Watchmen, I think. I love Watchmen. Like, I think oh, he did great. a great yeah. job with that film. And I don't want to diss on him at all. I And I respect that, you know, he want, he, he makes the movies he wants to make. I'm perfectly fine with that. What I don't But there are mandates. Is, Let's also... There's also mandates. And you think about it, too. Look at even Dark Knight Returns, which is going to be the primary source material for Batman v Superman. It is obviously very dark, very grim, but the aesthetic changes when Superman is introduced. Because if you go to that page, I haven't got the graphic novel back there myself. If you go to that page where Superman's introduced, there it's much more high key, 
bright colors. In what uh, book? In Dark Knight Returns, okay. uh, the original one, because it, and it, because of that, it provides a perfect contrast between Batman and Superman. But here, if you look at the in promos and the trailer yeah. for Batman v Superman, you've got it grim all across the border. Which I'm like, okay, I don't get that because you're you know Superman needs to be a direct contrast to Batman in many ways yeah. in terms of society's perception of him, in terms of his morals and his values. And I think visually that can be articulated. And I don't think it is right now. It doesn't look like it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. I, now, let me say about one thing. One thing that I was positive on was I like the... Like, I think Ben Affleck... I think we all knew he was going to pull it off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ben Affleck, I mean, as much as it wouldn't have been maybe a lot of people's first choice... Right. He, he looks I, good in the role. He does, yeah. And and I like the way he looked. I, his haircut did a lot to make him look more like Bruce Wayne and less like yeah. Ben Affleck. And and I and I, I could see him in like the dark brooding aspect. I can see they're going big on that. I can see they're going big on, a, on an older Batman. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I just I I don't I don't understand why. I guess what it comes down to is this this problem that I have when I'm now analyzing these movies. Mm-hmm. Man of Steel. If you ask almost any geek, I'd say eighty percent of geeks or people that I talk to, in other words, mm-hmm. um, mostly, uh, except at work, um, you know, I, you would get a response of "Man of Steel sucks." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Man of Steel yeah. is way too dark. I didn't yeah. hate it, or I hated <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but it was either way. It was way too dark. It yeah. was no fun, exactly. etc. Okay. But then I look at the numbers, and that movie did stellar at the box yeah, office. It did. Not as stellar as Marvel. Marvel right. is a freaking soaring, you know, phoenix. Right. right. Um, you know that never had to lay down in the ashes. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, something's working for DC for some people. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's a different. And so there's a disconnect. Like for me, to, I'm trying to understand. Like, do well, people like that? And who are those people? And why? Is it more mainstream? There are maybe? fans of. Is the it movie. more mainstream? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's worth pointing out. I know some people. Like, there's yeah. another podcast I listen to where everyone on that show loves. Man, Man of Steel. Of Steel. Um, I know. I have a personal friend of mine who is a huge Superman fan. I mean, he was dressed in his Superman with a cape T-shirt when uh-huh. we went to see Man of Steel, and he said, "That's how you make a Superman movie." Okay. So, wow. I mean, th- there's different opinions on it. It's, it's not my vision of Superman, really. I-, I think of him as more hopeful, and maybe maybe they're going for something different. I'm not saying because it looks like and moving into the Man of or the Batman v Superman trailer, they're kind of positing that there is a very mixed reaction on Superman that right. some people think of him as a as an idol and then other people like right. it's on that statue false god right. stuff like that um, maybe Batman is more you know a similar reaction some people love Batman some people don't we don't right, really right. know what this universe's version of Batman is or does yet other than he doesn't like Superman for some reason well, here, in the movie well, maybe he's too powerful or, 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 or you know whatever mm-hmm. but my here's my thing though that I'm tr- and this is me trying to have you know appreciation for what, what Zack Snyder and, and DC is doing mm-hmm. and that is to say the Marvel movies for as amazing as they are and they are amazing they're pretty much just what I want a superhero movie to be mm-hmm. incredibly fun great action good drama all of that stuff right. the one thing they don't have that much of is metaphor, yes. um, deep hidden meanings. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it needs to, but they don't. Right, right. And the Man of Steel, and it looks like Batman versus Superman, very obviously in the framing of the shots, like yes. you know, yes. in in the way that and the way that the movie is is, is filmed, in the color palette and the tone. Exactly. Those decisions are made less to like just convey the universe and be a, a good looking movie, and more it seems mm-hmm. to try to make a point and make a statement with the film. Whereas I think that the the Marvel movies. Don't necessarily work that hard at that, right. and that's fine. 
And people, a lot of people love that fact. I, I think, and I, okay. Well, it's a matter of... This is my problem. I, I, I want, I'm okay with movies having messages and right. having you know, goals. Oh, I think absolutely. that's good. And I think the Marvel movies do to an extent. They aren't as rich or... Well, I'm not going to say Man of Steel is rich because I think my sure. biggest problem with Zack Snyder's in that movie and then when you see it with this Joker that has the very obvious damage on the forehead, it's like... There's not a lot of subtlety to like stuff like the Jesus metaphor that they mm-hmm. go with for Man of Steel. I mean, you literally see him in the cross position. There's the whole scene in the church where he's talking yep. about his role right. and Jesus is right over his shoulder. So, yeah, it's good to go for something, but you want a deft hand. And right. Zack exactly. Snyder has yet to really show a deft hand at this sort it's of It's true. Stuff. Even even Watchmen, as much as I like it, isn't necessarily the most subtle. No. Uh, it, it, it bangs you over the head even by if you look at music choices... Um, I, you know, a lot of the people, times there are changing. Yeah, a lot of people are split on that choice for that. I didn't like that particular choice, but but a lot of the, I like that movie a lot, and I like the fact that it was kind of a shot for shot, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and all of that. But uh, I, you know, when I see this and I look at like you know, every time you see Superman, he's shot from below, and mm-hmm. and just thoughts like that, and like the visuals. I guess I'm just I, I want to try to understand how to appreciate that movie, and then see if I can go in and appreciate it from that perspective. That said, I personally know that I'm not going to have as much fun seeing that movie as I'm going to have when I see Ant Man. Right, I just right. Know that. Yeah. Um. And and so, and I don't think all movies need to have deep metaphor. And, and yeah, movies like Captain America: The Winter Soldier, there's a lot of depth to that. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of a lot of meat on those bones if you want to take it past just enjoyment level. Um, that said, I think they're trying for something different with Batman yeah. versus Superman. I just don't know how... Ex- and, and this gets to the larger problem with the universe. I don't know how exciting it's going to be. It's I, I like a dark film on occasion, but if every every six months they're churning out these dark, exactly. unpleasant films at times they can be. It's like, yeah. I can see, I've yet to do it, but I, I will watch. I'll rewatch all the Marvel movies leading up to like the new Avengers right, or another right. one that I'm excited about. I can't imagine that if like Justice League Part Two had a marathon leading up to Justice oh League gosh. Part Two, would anyone want to sit through that if all of these and movies? That's the difference, yes. though. Yes. That's the difference. These are movies that are heavy. These are heavy films. So far, that's it's not costing them viewership. It mm-hmm. seems like not much, at least. Nah. Um And so we'll see. With I mean, I know Batman v Superman is going to be a smash. I think what it's more a matter of because the hype is insane. Right. I think it's more a matter of will the next film work? Will the next film right? Work? Like, like it's the it's the the step process. So like if they were just making Man of Steel Part Two, I think they would see some of that dip from possibly. From from people's you know negative reaction to Man of Steel, I mean everyone went into Man of Steel thinking totally new Superman. I love I, I want to see a huge awesome Superman movie. Let me right. see it. So the Man of Steel two would maybe get some of that backlash, but instead they've reset the ticker again by adding Batman in and making this the, the follow up to one of the most beloved Batman trilogies of all time. Mm-hmm. And so and for that they're going to get they're not going to necessarily see any backlash from fans if they're not liking the dark tone. However, moving forward, we may start to see that, and with some of these auxiliary movies, if they retain yeah. that dark yeah. tone, like Suicide Squad, which I'm hoping will be funny. That hopefully that's tongue in cheek. I'm pointing at the phone. Yeah. I just saw the picture. <laughs> I'm hoping he's almost like joking with that. He's like, "Damn it, see, it's on my forehead." <laughs> like, I mean, we'll see. And Jared Leto is definitely. You want to talk about a deft hand? No, I mean. Suicide Squad is packed with talented actors. I'm not going to... I mean, that has a solid cast. It's just a matter of what the script gives them to work with. And also, to be fair, you look at DC's history, obviously you have the Dark Knight trilogy, which revolutionized the industry and everything. Then they tried for a more, let's say, lighthearted film, which totally tanked with Green Lantern, which tanked both financially, critically, and all that. So... Responding to fan criticism to that, they said, "Okay, well, maybe the lighthearted stuff doesn't work for us as well as Marvel does." Right. And okay, I mean, valid point, but I think it's 
they would, you know, I don't think it's impossible for them to make a more lighthearted film because a good yeah. Green Lantern movie has the potential to be, I mean, in essence, the Star Wars of the DC universe. I mean, because right. just the story material and especially Jeff Johns. If they, if they did Blackest it. Night. Oh, Blackest Night, they insane. could do. But, I mean, you look at, I mean, Jeff Johns' final um, issues and his run, they were just great. And they're, I just liked his tone overall and. I think there is potential to be a good Green Lantern movie, but I don't think that... certainly won't be anytime soon. Absolutely, and I don't... It's just annoying because, okay, yeah, they had one flop, but I don't think that's enough reason to completely dismiss... It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not. Just because the dark, you know, aesthetic has worked more for them. You can't put out one movie and say, okay, this movie determines the fate of all lighthearted movies. Exactly. Because that movie had a a hundred other problems. Exactly. It was... Terrible script, terrible directing, just terrible all around. That mean. said, though, Wolverine Origins, and we can argue all day about the, the merits or not. I'm looking at Jordan. <laughs> Jordan says he likes that movie. I enjoy wow. watching that movie. Okay. I do all not right. like. Think, I don't think it's a good film. Right. I can enjoy watching. But that yeah. said, as much as that movie is considered, you know, lower on the quality scale for Marvel movies right. or by any studio, uh, it still did really well, incredibly yeah, well. You know what I mean? Whereas Green Lantern you know, didn't do well. No one... As uh, well. People outside the comic book world were not as familiar with Green Lantern. And trying to market a character like that is difficult. Whereas with Marvel, they can put out an Ant-Man movie and expect to to be very financially successful because they've already proven that they can do that. They make Guardians of the Galaxy. Although, Ant-Man's gonna be a whole new test. I think they get... I don't... I think as as great as Guardians was, I think that, again, they're gonna get a little bit reset. It's another huge risk, which I respect them for. Sorry, Well, I think that what's helping Ant-Man... Like, the... That Marvel on top of your poster helps immensely yeah. now. Yeah. People I mean, know that's a trusted Well, think brand. about us. We go to every one of them on Thursday night. Yeah. Without question. Exactly. Um, but, I, and also... You too? Mostly. Uh, this one, I can't do a midnight showing because I got final on Friday, but... Generally, uh, yeah. Yes, generally, yes. But, you know, another thing that's going to help it is build, everyone in the world is going to see that new Ant-Man trailer because it's going to be in front of Avengers. Exactly. And everyone's going to see Avengers. And it'll so be... So you're going to get mass spread for that Ant-Man boost. It'll be either followed by or preceding Star Wars. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just going to be... There's no trouble marketing that to mainstream audiences. Yeah, yeah. it's the sort of one, as long as if they make it the first trailer or the last trailer, they lead with it or they end with it, it's going to stick in people's minds. Absolutely. And they're going to think, oh yeah, let's go see Ant-Man. I like and, Paul Rudd. And they've got Paul Rudd. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? I, mean, I you know. love Paul Rudd. Oh, he's great. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, just, just to go back to Suicide Squad for one second, yeah. uh, what's her name uh, that's playing Harley? Margot Robbie? Yeah. Yes. she. Uh, we, we recently saw... Um, Focus. Focus, which I really enjoyed. Okay. And she was in it, and she was great in it. And I, and, and I looked at her, and I was like, man, she's a perfect Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. And combine her with the Joker, with Will Smith. Yeah, I know. With, with, with uh, uh, what's her name, uh, the, that's playing uh, Waller? Oh, uh, Viola Davis. I mean, come yes. on, it's so star-studded. Like, I'm just praying that that script is decent. Absolutely. Like, just decent, and it'll be a great movie. <laughs> yes. You know you what I mean? You can carry on charisma. They could carry that movie if the script gives them at least and enough. I think it's their potential to make a more self-contained film before we get into this massive universe. Yeah. Because, obviously, there are going to be ties in to the other films, but I think... They have the freedom somewhat to do sort of like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing. So let me ask you this. Joker is obviously not in Suicide Squad. The uh, Yeah, can we get that off the window there? It's kind of weird. It's bothering Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, uh, Joker is obviously not in the Suicide Squad 
book, the new, right, new 52 right. book. Mm -hmm. Where, I, But I think that that is pretty much the focus of the new movie is based on the new 52 yeah, book, right? Yeah, yeah. So how are they going to integrate him? Is he going to be a member? I, okay, I think, uh, I don't know. You remember, you watched the Justice League animated series growing up? Somewhat. Okay, because that was, the 90s animated series and that were really my introduction to superheroes and that's what really sucked me in. Yeah. There was a storyline where Lex Luthor was devising these team of this team of villains to um, to counteract the Justice League, mm -hmm. and he brought in Joker at the end. Like it was a two part series, sure. And so Joker would come in sparingly throughout the entire series. So I think it will be something like that. I don't think we're. I could be very wrong, but I don't think we're going to open with Joker right in the first few minutes. I think might come in later. I mean, the Joker is not a team player, and he's so unpredictable. Yeah, it'd be that... hard no matter what you put inside of exactly. him. Exactly. gonna. He, I mean, he's suicidal in a lot of exactly. comics. Like he's like, I want to die. Especially okay, talking New Fifty Two Joker, yeah, yeah. he's oh, like, yeah. kill me, Batman, exactly. over and over and over, <laughs> over and over again. And look at like Under the Red Hood. I mean, um, what was it? Black Mask used him. Um, in that storyline, so... Did he use him with his knowledge of being used, or did he have to manipulate him? He... What did he do, do? Jordan, you've seen Under the Red Hood. He broke him out of prison. Yeah. And... What... I'm trying to refresh I vaguely remember here. the... It's been he a He broke him out of it. prison to, um... Started this whole plot to, um... Reunite the battle between Batman and Red Hood. Yeah. And Red Hood, we learn, is, of course, Jason Todd. Um, so I right. think it'll be something in that range. Like, I'm thinking, if anything, I think Deadshot or one of them would be sort of the leaders of the group, and Joker would be sort of a weapon, if you want to call him that. Um, that's not really, they think might be under their control, but isn't, you know, because, I mean, Joker is not a sane human being, especially uh, with that image. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, so I think... If well, anything, he's brain damaged. you got to oh, understand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on his forehead. Exactly, you know. exactly. Oh, I missed exactly. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly. subtle. If they didn't want people to comment on that stupid word, they should have, like, had him do this. Like, you know, with his hands, you know, cover it up. So <laughs> it's, people aren't, it's, like, it's a choice. I know, it's a very intentional... Sorry. Go ahead. But to answer your question, that's what I think is... I'm thinking the team will sort of evolve on their own with Amanda Waller and all that, and Joker is going to be sort of like a half team player. I don't know. I mean, because he's yeah. not a team player, or, or at least or the wild thing. card, or right, the right. villain, wild card or villain. I mean, it's it could very be. I mean, it would work. To, it would work and, to pit Harley Quinn against Joker. Oh, absolutely. You, you got infinite drama. Oh, absolutely. That'd be awesome. All right. Uh, so we mentioned a little the uh, Ant Man trailer was also released yeah. the more uh -huh. full robust trailer. I, I think, don't think I saw that. You haven't seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah, the new full robust one. I've seen the first one. You get to see a lot more of him in action for one. Awesome, and like in the suit and shit. Yeah, that yeah, in and, the a, suit. and yeah, aside from whereas the first trailer was a little bit more surprisingly dramatic and yeah. trying to be too serious. This one seems more funny, and I'll give them this because I mean uh, we could talk about the Edgar Wright. Leaving and all that all day, yeah. all day long. What I will say is that on IMDb, if you go and look at the writing credits for it, they um because they had hired other writers once all that happened. Now they um it's Paul Rudd and Adam McKay wrote the second draft, but they gave Wright and Joe Cornish a story credit. So it seems like they're trying to stay as true as they can to the original script. Which Josh Whedon, also a good writer. Oh yeah, and Josh Whedon raved about the original script, and 
he said that I mean from what I based on what I've seen the trailer and what I know about just from reading about this whole thing because Edgar Wright's one of my favorite directors about his reasons for leaving. I understand his reasons for leaving. He wanted. What do you more, think they were? Well, I think like, it was just. But really, I mean, he wanted full creative control, which I mean, you're not going to get it more. You know, surprised. it's no. I mean, and you've got to be realistic about that. I mean, James Gunn would love to have that. Anyone working there would love to have that. But they understand that certain you're playing control, with. You're there's playing room with to work absolutely. within, and I think you know. I understand. I definitely. I'm, I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. Yes. I mean, my absolutely. favorite director. Love oh, all of his films, and I think. The thing is, yeah, he's very much... He's a very unique vision. Oh, absolutely. And when you see Same. one of his movies, you know you're watching Edgar Wright films. Absolutely. Same with Gunn, though. Um, well, Gunn... See, I think Gunn shows that you can you can play around and have your style within mm-hmm. the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. You just have to follow certain things. But you can watch, like, a minute of an Edgar Wright film and know it's an Edgar Wright film. I think it? the yeah. same is true of Gunn. But I, 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 it is. I mean, I, I agree. He's, Gunn is fantastic and... But... I think Gunn actually. I think, I think Gunn actually, much like the haiku, makes some writers better writers because yeah, it gives yeah, them yeah, structure yeah, yeah. I, or any structure on writing. I think uh, Marvel actually reeled Gunn in in good ways, right? Um, because those first movies, I mean, for they have tons of potential and value, but I don't think. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy any of them nearly as much as Guardians. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sorry, go ahead, George. Well, anyway, but the thing with Wright is when you hear people talk about it, like Evangeline Lilly had the big interview where she was talking about how she was considering leaving the film because Edgar Wright left, mm. but when she read it and under she understood what they were trying to do to make it fit in the Marvel universe, and you know so that she, sounds. So she vouches for the fact that the original vision was great with Wright, but that it all that, that the decisions Marvel was making was not just for them to be like didactic or and yeah, it wasn't a matter stand, of it really no, it was a matter of yeah, fitting it. it in. Now, I mean that that gets a little more shaky when you see Daredevil and it's completely unlike anything else in the MCU, like ridiculously so. Oh, but absolutely. At the same time, this is the movie side of things, and if they want to keep that un- united vision, yeah. and everyone, um, you know, I can understand Edgar Wright too. You know, he's been making this; movie. he was making that movie for like a decade, trying to get it off the ground. And had it happened before the MCU launched, he probably would have had creative control. He probably oh, would have. Mm-hmm. That was probably the start. Make us Shaun of the Dead, but Ant Man, oh, not that derivative. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But that is what they. Oh, probably Oh, the movie wanted. would not exist without Edgar Wright. Exactly. Example. Um, and so, so that's cool. I mean, to his credit, I yeah, hope and they, I hope he gets a piece of it. They're so. crediting him as a co-producer and a writing credit. Good. What I really hope is that his original script will get leaked after the movie's released, so that we so can too. see. Because if anything, you know, I mean, because Marvel did not ask him to leave. I think they did have disputes, and ultimately, it was Edgar Wright's decision. Um, yeah. But I think, if anything, it would probably have to do with the ending. Because you think about every other Edgar Wright film, think about the Cornetto trilogy, he always surprises you with that. End. Look at the Deus Ex Machina ending in Shaun of the Dead. That's just totally you weren't expecting mm-hmm. and all that. I feel like he would do something like that in Ant-Man that would not coincide with the rest of the MCU. It'll be interesting to say. I, 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 and, to see, because I, I can't imagine that, that something like that would be enough of a thing, but... I mean, yeah, I'm gonna guess there were. Things. It had to have been major things because yeah, he, no, it, he changed I, the ending to Scott Pilgrim, um, right? Because it and that was because it more lined up with Brian Lee O'Malley's vision for right. the ending, not mm-hmm. so much that he agreed with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm curious to see. It does seem like they're keeping a lot of ideas. The whole there's the scene where he like does the backflip of a guard from shrink mode that was in the test footage yes. at least. So they're definitely keeping a lot of the ideas and a lot of the narrative. I'm excited to see what it is, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it after that last trailer. I heard too. I don't know if the I cannot verify this, but I just heard in rumors that originally Marvel was skeptical about 
making Scott Lang the um, yeah. the protagonist because if you know the comics, he is He's a, criminal. a criminal and not what you would call the role model. Whereas you look at all the Avengers, they're military and scientists. They're and all very, golden, they're people. golden people. Exactly. Even Banner, right. like when he does bad things, it's it's against his own will. Right, right. Well, and, and I think that that would cause a lot of skeptic among executives, but. Having seen Guardians of the Galaxy, they're like, okay, it's a team of antiheroes. This works. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's what they're doing a better job of, and it seems like what they're leading up to with Civil War is they're introducing a lot more heroes that are dubious. You get Daredevil, who's a street vigilante. Yep. Um, Guardians have nothing to do with it, but they are outlaws. Oh, they're outlaws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, This new Ant Man, who's a criminal, probably Jessica Jones will have some. By the way, Bad stuff are Daredevil and Jessica Jones, yeah. are they ever going to like be in like Civil War or something like that, or no? Uh, no, actually, I read about uh, it. No, they're not. Yeah, no, I, it's it's, I don't think it'll be, because Daredevil Season 2 comes out next year, and then... And no, I actually, it, read, I actually read an interview where he said he would like to be in Civil War, but it isn't going to happen. I yeah, unfortunate. I think the, the, there's potential for him to join the movie universe eventually, but, I mean, I, that's purely speculation. Well, I have no yeah. idea. While we're on the subject, let me just ask you guys. I've seen the first... Four episodes, three or four. What I'm on watch? episode three. I'm on episode seven. So okay, uh, yeah. how what are what is your take? And then I want to hear yours, Jordan. What is your take on? The I game? thoroughly enjoyed it. You can read my write up and technician. Um, and what I like about it is exactly what we've been talking about in terms of Marvel's diversity. You can you can go to the MCU or the comics for a diverse range of quirky, lovable characters. You can also go for darker storylines depending on what you like. And I think they're offering that with this because I so far my favorite episode would be episode two, um, where you get some backstory into him as a child. You see scenes with Jack Murdoch and that ending fight scene. Oh my god! The ending fight scene's amazing. For <laughs> oh me, I'm a little played out on the on the origins of any of these characters. It, it, it's hard, yeah, especially after you know spending years with this kind of material, right. but. I don't know. For some reason, I just like the kid that played that. And I mean, and actually, you'll see, they don't really, beyond that, they don't do a ton with his origin. Jordan was saying It's not that, like yeah. Arrow, where there's flashbacks Flash every episode. For 22 episodes. Right, right. right. And, and then 22 more. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there's pretty much only one big flashback right, left. Right, and it, right. it it does stick out a little. Did you finish? Which, how far are you? I, I finished the season. Okay, He's yeah, almost yeah. watching twice yeah, yeah. now, right? Uh, well, I'm rewatching it, yeah, with my girlfriend. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the seventh episode is the stick episode, and it's very yes, that's what it, I'm it on. sticks. No, pun <laughs> it sticks out like a sore thumb a little because it does sort of have it. It does tie in thematically, but it, it does feel more like workhorse setup for that. Yeah, that down is, the road. But if I have any criticisms of Daredevil, which are few, it would be the pacing is a bit weird, mm-hmm. which I think makes it a good binge watch show because if you sit there and watch it for thirteen hours straight. You're not really going to notice it. Right. Which, unfortunately, I did not have the time to. Um, I didn't but... have the patience to. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I just can't um, watch more than two or three at a time. I, I'm the same way. I just, I need a break. I don't mm-hmm. know. I can't do straight Well, TV. for me, I want to do, uh, I want to be able to collect my thoughts on stuff. So exactly, like even exactly. two, like I want like if I watch two episodes something that's fine, but yeah. I want there to be some time for it to sink in for like Absolutely. the message. Now granted there's something to be said for like I read a blog where all the different people that acted in Daredevil, all the actors, were talking about like how they would watch it or how they would recommend watching yeah. it. And I think five out of six said binge it. So I mean that said, 
and that makes me think that that is the intention and why you're seeing some of that pacing is Mm -hmm. because that really is how it's intended to be maybe watched to some extent for me though I really want time to be able to collect my thoughts at the end of an episode and say "Mm, that was impactful I want to remember that particular scene but I mean to each their own plus you're you're, you're squirreling away some daredevil nuts for the summer drought that's that's about to hit that certainly doesn't hurt I mean Marvel's been almost inescapable for the past nine months Mm -hmm. with S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Carter movies coming out Two more movies in the summer, but it's going to be a pretty light summer for Marvel. Speaking of which, Kevin, yes. um, what are your thoughts? Do you watch S.H.I.E.L.D.? I am behind on S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm, I'm um, eight episodes so behind myself. I, but are you caught up this season? No. So oh. I am, I like, I unfortunately... You don't watch S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I, so I started, and you remember when it was really bad when it started? Yep. Yes, yes, And so all too that's well. that's the thing. And so I had a hard time getting into it after that. I will, um, so I, I apologize. You need to get back, not, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I apologize. I'm not able to contribute as much to this. No, no, it's, I just want that. The only reason I'm asking is because we, we talk about it at ad nauseum. Right, I just right, wondering right. if you had thoughts, but you I do have a lot. Carter? I, Carter, I'm going to get to. It's mainly Flash and Arrow I've been, I'm going to get... Um, once I get through these seasons, that's, so so I, I I have a lot of thoughts on those. If you want to talk about my, that, well, my the thing on Arrow, and I'm only I'm at the beginning of the second season, so I can't t- talk too okay, much that's about fine. that. Yeah, yeah. But Arrow, the thing I loved about season one is mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it, it's like tons and tons and tons of origin. But a the Arrow origin is like virtually unknown. At least exactly it was to me. Exactly. I barely knew that story. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, two, exactly. they made the origin part of the plot. Right, right, in a very right. integral way and in a very intriguing way where there were actual reveals in the origin. You'll see which is it, like Yeah. You'll see it even better executed in season two. Which is, yeah, I hear that. Season three goes off the rails a bit. Yeah, just a little. That's why I um, like uh, what I've loved about Flash is that and I've enjoyed your write ups of it. I did one as well just for the basic series as a whole. Is that it counteracts um Arrow, I think, tries to take itself a little too seriously at times. Yeah. And that's where it creates some stumbling blocks. I don't want to, you know, uh, granted, I think they've done a good job overall this season. I struggled. I'm, you know, I mean, is it, it back? Is, is it back? It, I think it got better in the back half. It, Except for the flashbacks, of, which are a mess. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're just sort of irrelevant. Um, it's just Flash is just a whole new level of superhero storytelling. Again, like what we were saying, it's very. Uh, it's got the lighthearted tone I want to see. It's fun, but there's also plenty of like I don't want to call it too serious, but somewhat darker material to explore there. But I just really like the structure of it. I like that it's a combination of both episodic storytelling and sort of a larger narrative. Because, like we said, Daredevil is very binge watch. You know, it's not an episodic show. You can watch. I mean, yeah. I've been wa- I, because of I'm watching it episodically. I'm watching it's it episodically, doable. and it is doable. But I would say with Flash and Arrow, more so with Flash, you get a nice, concise story in each episode. Um, and it doesn't feel like a villain of the week, like, oh, this is the same thing every other week. It's actually, there are new reveals in the overarching narrative. Also, awesome. with nice, episodic storytelling. Awesome. And no one, like, they're, they're not... They're not just setting up random... They're going with big-name villains. Exactly. Okay, Bug-Eyed Bandit might not be a big-name <laughs> villain, but it is a known Captain quantity. Cole. Captain Cold. Okay. Yeah, you've got yeah, Captain yeah, Cold. You've got yeah. a lot of great villains. I don't know. To me, it's like it's the closest I'm probably ever going to get to the perfect live-action Spider-Man yes, show. absolutely. Because they're never going to let Spider-Man be on TV, but... Unfortunately. But, like, The Flash is hitting yeah. a lot of the notes I'd want to see a Spider-Man show hit. Right, and right. Grant Gustin's just great as Barry Allen. Yeah. Um, so, Rich, watch it. It's good. I am yeah. And I will get the show. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> and the pack has been set. 
Yes. All right. Last Next news story. Last trailer is the Fantastic Four trailer. Oh, okay. okay. So you, uh, I, mean, I just I want to watch you. I want to ask your thoughts first because you just watched it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, just before this podcast, uh, when we were deciding that I wouldn't check out the Joker until we went live, <laughs> we did decide that uh, two and a half minutes of me watching Fantastic Four live on the air might be a little bit extreme. So uh, <laughs> I watched it just before the podcast aired and, or is being recorded mm-hmm. now, and. Um, I, 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 it's a little funny. Like, I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm trying to understand what it's trying to do. I guess trying to make it like a younger version of the Fantastic Four, and that's, and that's, and that's noble, right? Maybe, maybe not noble, more, more commercial. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but it's, I, I think it looks like fun. I, of all the movies that are coming out that I'm less excited about, you know, like, like the Batman versus Supermans, and the, I mean, I'm excited to see that, just to see how they pull it off. But, but the ones that I'm not like, oh my god, I can't wait to see that movies, like Star Wars, obviously, I can't wait to see oh, that absolutely. fucking movie. Um, right, and so of the ones that I'm less super enthused about, I'm most probably excited about that one because I, 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 I can't wait to see what the fuck they do with it. Like, how are just they going to make that work? Like, and is that going to work? And, like, can Reed Richards really be, like, what looks like not 18 years old? Uh You know what I mean? Does that really work? Uh And, like, why are those people getting in the machine? Like, why are not, like, 35-year-olds with, like, real scientific degrees getting in that machine and taking this trip? Oh, because people, you know, it's aimed at younger audiences. Younger audiences want to see, you know, Miles Teller rolling in the machine. You know what I mean? And that's cool. I I just hope that, I hope it's fun. I hope it has a good tone. I, I I just hope, I'm hopeful. I'm okay. for it. I like the way that, that uh, the thing looks, too. Jordan, you go first. All, all right. I that. think this trailer got me more... Excited might be the wrong word. Okay. Um, but I am less more... Worried. Less Yeah, more more hopeful than I was after the first trailer, which just looked like they were oh going full Man of Steel, and maybe yes. they kind of still are, but there still wasn't much humor in this second trailer. But I don't know. It looked more fun. It, you actually saw their powers without like little glimpses that made it look very. Powers look great, by the way. They very look really um, off. Like the first trailer almost made it look like they were trying to get away with the Roger Corman style stuff, like with his arm stretching right off screen and you don't mm-hmm. see it. It, it mm-hmm. looked mm, kind of questionable, but I think it looks better the more we're seeing of it. The thing, I, the thing is just a hard character to put mm-hmm. to put what on screen. What looks wrong with him? I think he looks good in this. I think this is the best he's looked. It looks better than Chickless, I think. Um, I, I think he looks like really? a big living rock monster. Mm. What they look very similar? Uh, really? Mm. What's different? I don't know. You th- well, look at th- the Chickless version. I mean, granted, the fir- the old movie is terrible, but I think they nailed the casting, and I think especially with the thing, they nailed the look because that was very. Uh, they made the suit and they put a lot of effort into it. This is very CGI. I mean, granted, it's not a total. Uh, um. You know, difference. I, I don't know, but I, I don't know. I, so what strikes like you the, so bad about it? Like, what part of it do you see? Like, is the face it's not big, right? It's bulky. Um, isn't isn't Ben Grimm in uh, Fantastic Four other movies big and bulky? I mean, well, not looks, as big and bulky. He's kind of he looks very big, but it's well, not. Look, like... I've got a I've got an original Jack Kirby design Fantastic Four figure over on the wall. Over, I got an antique Comic Con over on in the, the other room. room. All right, let me peek. Let yeah. you guys talk. I. Sorry to people now. listening to this. Oh, that's fine. Cannot see this figure, but just go look at oh, the original. Yeah. He looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm not too bothered by the thing. I think right now I'm just still curious, curious what they're is, doing. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So let me share my thoughts here. And so curiosity is where I'm at too. All right. Yeah. Curiosity. Absolutely. So 
Let me backtrack a little bit and take a look at Josh Trank. All right, Chronicle, I think, is a great movie. I think... I would agree. And what I love about that movie is that it does would take a real... Would you kill me if I open this right now? <laughs> yeah, I might, you know. Um, on air murder. Uh, um, okay, so Chronicle, great movie because it really does take a different look at superheroes because just in the way it's shot, it's got the handheld camera... It's very. It does create a more grounded reality, and it takes what could be an artificial plot and makes it really interesting. And so, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. With Fantastic Four, he seems to be going for that same kind of vibe. Wait, but is it the same director? It's yeah. the same director, Josh okay. Trank. Um, and also, it's the writer of the X Men movie, Simon Kinberg, um, and he's the which X Men movie? Uh, he did Days of Future Past, oh, X Two. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a impressive pedigree. Absolutely, and and that's the other thing is Fox is doing it too, which they're the ones that own X Men. So my with the curiosity, I'm I'm just wondering what is their ultimate goal with this movie because it's not really. I mean, is it going to be in the same universe as X Men because Fox owns? There's both? the possibility they were talking about it a few year like a year or two. Because I kind ago. of like X Men being on their own. I mean, it, yeah. Also, because it's I big mean, enough to be on its own. X-Men. It's big enough to be on its own. And the other thing that never really made sense in the Marvel universe is that the world hates mutants, but they're okay with superheroes all the time. It's like, you know. So I don't know. I just think well, with, you just have to not think about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, exactly. the logic that it's yeah. That's going that, exactly. For. So I like that the X Men are exist in their own universe. If there would were to make a Fantastic Four movie, it would make more sense to for Marvel to own them and to be a part of the MCU. But I mean, they don't own them. Fox owns them. So, I don't know. It's just, what exactly is Josh Chang trying to do with this movie? Because from that trailer, it looks more science fiction-esque, like Chronicle. Which, okay, that's fine, because Fantastic Four is very is the closest thing to a science fiction Marvel comic you're going to get. Um, Casting-wise, I like it. I Miles Teller, I thoroughly enjoyed in Whiplash. Um, How was that? I haven't seen it. Great movie. Fantastic. Is um, it better than just the premise? Like, okay, so I've seen all the highlight scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it good enough to be worth watching, like, the scenes in between the yes. scene where he slaps him? <laughs> yes. The scenes in between Absolutely. the scene where he throws the glass? The I mean, scenes in between the time when he belittles him verbally? I mean, I'm a strong advocate of indie films and smaller stuff like that. Sure. So, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not just because of J.K. Simmons' performance, but... Um, it's actually it was a good film. It's a great film. Because whenever something's made it based on a, a short film of like eight, ten exactly, minutes, yeah. it worries me that like, why don't I just see that short film? Right, right, right. And but the director did um, do both. No, that's fine. Nature. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, if your best yeah. ideas have been distilled in this ten-minute movie, why make it into a feature? Not necessarily why, but if you do, you better justify that. Decision. Absolutely, yeah. That's all. Oh, and I think you very much did. That's all. Awesome. So um, going back to so strong cast. I don't really, you know, I know a lot of older fans who are just totally against a younger Fantastic Four, which I completely understand their sentiments. I mean, you know, it's the same kind of thing with people that are anti-New 52. Um, And, I mean, I respect that. Well, they're going to get their day in the sun coming up here after Um, conversions. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. The thing with me for Fantastic I don't care that they're younger. I think if they're good actors, they're going to do good jobs. And I think it is a well-cast film. They're all actors I've seen before, and they're like, yeah. I'm all for Michael B. Jordan right. as the Human Torch. He's a great actor. Right. Well, the younger um, though, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to interrupt. But just the younger factor, uh, not just the fact that the actors are younger, but the fact that they're changing fundamentally the story to be about the Fantastic Four being younger in life, uh-huh. like yeah. fictionally. So not not just the fact that it's like, oh, well, they're playing adults still, but they just happen to be a younger cast. 
What are your thoughts on that? More about I don't what think, do you think about the fact that they specifically went out to hire I think this is it's giving younger. them maybe more credit, but I'm thinking, you know, if it's showing them growing and, you know, building that family aspect and them growing together, there's the, there's the potential if they got two or three films of showing yeah. the, the development of the Reed, of the Richards family and it would be potentially a new story the birth to of their kids. It would be something interesting. That's but, true. but going to this film, it's like, my biggest problem is tone. And tone like, is like... It's, what are what are they gonna go for? Yeah, it's not like DC. I might not like Batman v Superman's tone or how they're going to build their universe, but there's a history of DC being that way, especially yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. With Fantastic Four, they're not dark, brooding characters. No, they are they have their downtimes, but they're big, fun action adventurers. You know, the space odyssey. Especially if you go back and look at like the Kirby stuff. Oh, well, I mean, I got, read it. Got I got a volume right there. I was reading the Origin of Black Panther. That's a really oh, good, yeah. really mm-hmm. good storyline. And like, yeah, it's all about fun. And Wyatt Wingfoot rolls up, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just like. Look, yeah, and you remember like the Human Torch Spider Man little like high school conflict kind of thing. I, I never read days. that, but they, oh, I mean, yeah. if you just read the Marvel Masterworks uh, Spider Man. Yeah, uh, Human Torch t- shows up throughout that. That's awesome. and he does. They have this like on again, off again rivalry. It's hilarious. It's yeah. like I mean, even Hickman, who's one of the coldest writers mm. in comics, was able to bring a lot of warmth and fun to his Fantastic right. Four run, even when it was big and high minded. Right. So you know, I like the Hickman run. I love the Fraction run. I think these. You know, you may, that's like, the tone of Fantastic Four. So, right. what I about like, the James like Robinson run? You seem like you were interested in reading. Like, I would. I, I'd like to get to that. It's almost over, so I'm considering just reading it once it's all out at this point. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I, I just that's my worry is what the tone of that movie is going to be is if it's going to feel appropriate for Fantastic Four. That said, if it's a good movie on its own right, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And the tone, the purpose, because you look at it too. Going back to that first trailer. It looked almost identical to Interstellar, which is like, okay, they're advertising it as if they're trying to change the comic book movie, you know, permanently, which I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. Um, Sorry, don't mean to, you know, but it's just, they, I I don't know, and then this one... Wait, are you you ragging on Interstellar? No, I'm ragging on um, Fantastic Four, because I'm saying that they tried, they made the trailer, oh, Interstellar, great, Uh, but... um, that first trailer looked very much in the style of Interstellar, which indicates that they're trying to make this revolutionary type comic book movie. And then in this trailer, there wasn't anything revolutionary. No, it was, about it was it. just a, it was the origin um, story told exactly with the actors. right, right. And so it's pretty like, good special effects. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, so what is this movie going to be exactly? Or I mean, what's the point of its existence? Exactly, exactly. Like, what is its mission statement? Because right. at a certain point, to keep the rights. I mean, well, is that there? I mean, because I that, feel like let's go. No, but let the rights go if you're going to make movies that suck and aren't going to work. I mean, you know, it's it took point. a while for Sony to do that with Spider-Man, but they finally did. <laughs> you know, um, and that's maybe the hope long term. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not rooting for this to fail. I no, want I'm a good Fantastic Four Absolutely. movie, even if I, it's not my dream Fantastic right, Four movie. Right. I want it to be a good film. I would have liked to have seen the Hickman. Uh, maybe not just the Hickman, but the. The, the, the ideas in the Hickman run, like but with like maybe an original story, like the idea of the Future Foundation and all those kids and all that stuff, uh-huh. that'd be kind of a science fi- a, a special effects nightmare. But I would love to see that stuff in a movie, just because it's all new ideas. Yeah. The idea of like he puts together this Future Foundation of all these like orphans of the universe, and it's just cool. And I, I mean, know. the potential is there if this succeeds yeah. and if the sequels do well. Yeah. Maybe they'll try and. I don't know. I don't want a Fantastic Four extended universe any more than I want a, wanted a Spider-Man no, extended universe. Right. No, we don't. But we we don't need any more extended universes, please. You, like, well, that, speaking of know. that, did we did, did you put the Spider-Man movie on this list? Oh yeah, that was uh, one other thing. They, they oh, announced yeah, the yeah, Spider-Man yeah. animated film. And see, okay, the great thing about this. All right, so this was just announced the other day. 
Um, so even though Marvel now ha- owns the rights to Spider-Man and can use them in the MCU, Sony still has collaboration over it. And what they're doing, I think this is a great idea. They are making an animated movie, which, which is set to come out. Is it next year or the year after? I think it's 2017. 2017, okay. So, and it will be, currently it's set to be written and produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are the writing directing duo of 21 Jump Street, the Lego movie. Very creative filmmakers. I love really them. Really good guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I had coffee with them yesterday. Those guys oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Um, and so why I think this has potential is because they don't have to worry about creating another extended universe or anything like that or the budgets of a live-action movie. They can tell whatever story they want to in with the freedom of an animated movie because yeah. we, I mean, I would love to see another good animated Wait, but what's Spider-Man happening? Movie. So, wait, so what does this all mean, though? So the announcement of the animated Spider-Man movie, what does that mean for Spider-Man's involvement in the MCU? And well, that should be This is completely separate. And what does it mean for, like, movies like The Sinister Six and all that shit? Is that stuff still on board? Is that still mm, going forward? They're being really vague about it. They it are. seems like Are there going to be any spin-off uh, Spider-Man movies coming still? Sony has yeah, the right... Like the the deal itself is just sort of you can use Spider Man, we can we we like if it's a Spider Man movie we get all the money if if he's in one of your movies that's fine you get all the money whatever this will help us because frankly if he's part of the MCU we're gonna make a lot more money because right. we can't even they though they gotta get a piece of it if he's in their movie yeah no, no. That, the part of the deal is Marvel gets none of the money from a Spider Man solo film. And Sony gets none of the money from a Marvel film feature. So there will still so be. So, that means there'll still be Spider-Man solo films. Yeah, and they'll be in the universe, but Sony will get just like that. That's the whole point. It's like they have. Um, so they're going to blank on then. his name. Um, Feige, yeah, Kevin of, Feige. Yeah, they have Kevin Feige consulting, and you know why wouldn't Sony listen to every idea he would give? I mean, yeah, they mm. still have creative control, but it's. Do you really want to make Marvel angry if they're going to help you make a no. lot more money? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, Marvel is in the position of power, really. They've always wanted Spider-Man, well, but they're always ready. Well, power. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a proven track record of success, it doesn't matter if you have power or not. People are going to listen to you. Exactly. If they're fucking smart. Um, so, but that's far as... Is there going to be a Sinister Six? Is there going to be a, whatever they're called? Well, and you think... Because Drew Goddard, who created Daredevil... And he's written, like, Cabin in the Woods. He was a lost writer. Yeah, um, he's, a, he's a huge baller. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He was set to write and direct Sinister Six before all this went down. And I and he that was the reason he left as showrunner for Daredevil and handed over to Stephen S. Tonight. And now Tonight handed that over to two of the other the two writers. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't remember their names. Yeah. Um, so you got all that. So if he left that for the purposes of writing and directing... Sinister Six. I'm wondering if that's going to still happen. Um, and, and if, if, and if it does, future in- exactly. And if it does happen, what continuity will it be in? I don't know. I feel like at this point it's very murky, and I think they're more waiting to just sort of let it quietly um, die than do anything official. It sounds to me like what would be the best plan. This is probably what they're going to do. At least I, my my brain just started working for a second here. Okay. It's rare. All right. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, I was thinking. So okay. So you schedule the Super Spider-Man movie for 2017 that's hopefully going to make a ton of money. You know what I mean? So that you, you got your Spider-Man kind of covered financially. You're using that license. Your investors are happy. Right. Then you have this new deal going with uh, Spider-Man who's going to be in... The first one is Civil War. Is that right? Well, they haven't officially... Well, I think he will get some sort of cameo. Yeah, they're, they're still working on casting. I think they've narrowed it down yeah. to a couple of main We do actors. know it will be Peter Parker. 
As yeah. far as the animated movie, that can be either Peter or Miles. 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 It'd probably yeah. be Miles. I think, yeah, I think at this they, point, I think it, they deserve. We'll see. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that would be. Cool. I think. But no, but hold on. Let me finish because my ahead, idea actually ahead. came. Because <laughs> that my brain actually worked for a second. Go ahead. So that so they do whatever they do with Marvel before they do anything else themselves. Mm-hmm. It sounds like find out who that Spider Man is going to be. Uh, have him introduced in, in however Marvel's going to introduce him into the. Uh, They've said he will be introduced before the the solo movie in 2017. So it'll either be. I mean, Civil War seems like the best bet as opposed to, you know, Guardians 2, Doctor so Strange. Yeah, yeah, so once he's introduced, uh, then I think it would be, you know, Sony can come out and say, okay, now we're going to do our own Spider-Man film with this new Spider-Man set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then all the other stuff will just disappear. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean that's that seems the, the best. I mean, yeah. It, it would be a mess to do anything for else. Because it's going to confuse mainstream Plus, no one's chomping at the bit for that Sinister no. Six movie. I just no. don't understand. For me, the problem that I have always had was understanding, like, you know, and Jordan and I had a long conversation, so I won't go into this in depth right now. Uh-huh. But Jordan and I had this long conversation about how, like, Spider-Man 2, which I really disliked, but oh, some people no. are middling on it. Some people really liked it. Rarely. But, oh, but, <laughs> but whatever. That movie did incredibly good at the box office. But not as good as they it wanted it to It was the worst... Do. At the box office for a Spider-Man. But right. it still made tons of money. So I, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to just like not make Spider-Man movies when they are money makers. Even, yeah. if, they're, even if it's diminishing returns. You're talking about you know, $500 million just out of, the, out of the profit budget because they decided not to make a movie just because there's been a downturn. So just, it just blows my mind. I mean, how many years are they going to go without a Spider-Man movie? I well, it's a cut and run now as opposed to you know, waiting till later when it's going to be even worse. Yeah. Uh, it's like, this is a weird reference, but it's like when you play Small World, which we play, do you wait, do you go into decline now when, yeah, you you're could right. make more money this turn? <laughs> you're right. Or do you go wait, because if you wait, you're going to have a terrible turn, and then you're going to have just a tank. You're right. And given the, the com- both the commercial, well, the commercial was pretty good, but the worst ever, and the critical reception, did they want to make Amazing Spider-Man 3 or Sinister 6 and have no one see it? I mean, yeah, maybe not. But, you know, to me, it, it also reminds but it's the same kind of fundamental issue that I have with like the comic book world, right? So I'm a huge Dennis Hobos fan. This will kind of be okay. a good segue for us to take a break if, if you guys are ready. But yeah. uh, you have, uh, Jordan's looking at his book, so he might have one more point. <laughs> but, um, but but anyway, um, Dennis Hobos is a writer that, that I love. I think Jordan and I both love. Jo- Jordan yeah. introduced Avengers me, Arena. Jordan yeah. introduced me to Avengers Arena, and ever since then I've been a diehard freaking Hopeless fan. Uh, we met him at uh, Heroes. He's an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. Really, really awesome dude. So yeah. anyway, he's not getting the projects I wish he was getting. Spider-Woman, hopefully it'll do well, but... Anyway, I wish he was getting, like, you know, what Charles Soule's getting. I believe yeah. they've said it's picked up since it split from Good. Spider-Verse. Good, I'm glad Which you is, a, you know, usually a surprise when it's coming out of a crossover. Yeah. Well, she got a new uniform, or a new outfit, yeah. so that helped. Um, but anyway, so Dennis Hopeless um, put out Avengers Arena, did 18 issues, did pretty well. Yeah. Then he releases Avengers Undercover, which is supposed to be, like, the... the, the, the Sequel. What happens next? Continuation. The sequel, yeah, I want to call it the death knell because it ended up being <laughs> a, the death knell for the series. But but he puts it out. It's supposed to be the sequel, right? He planned it out in two six-issue chunks, at least initially. Okay. And so right after the first issue comes out, they said, all right, Dennis, this is canceled. But you still put out ten issues instead of twelve. We're going to cut two of them off because we know that issue ten will be profitable enough, but issue eleven will not. <laughs> Looking at these numbers... And to me, that just blows my freaking brain. It's like, what if the books are amazing? It doesn't matter. Yeah. They think they know it, and maybe they do, yeah. to such an extent that if one issue doesn't jump off as well as they're expecting it to, they can tell by those numbers alone. Or sometimes they wait till issue two, and then they look at that dip, 
and then they can judge from that statistically. But it just bothers me so much that it's that, that no matter what he does in issue five, no matter how freaking mind blowing, mind bending, groundbreaking issue five is, it doesn't fucking matter. That series is canceled. It's I mean, I don't agree with it necessarily, but comics is the most razor-thin margin of any pop culture. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's worse than cable television, which gets, yep. like, maybe two million viewers. Books, Comic books do not do two million no. readers an issue. Um, things are changing a little with digital, which is really helping a and lot of books survive, a lot which is great. Too, right. But, you know, you were talking about the Avengers books with Hickman, you know, and how they dipped, like, to half their readership. Yeah. Um and it was still like even at their max, it was what a hundred thousand readers, yeah, hundred and twenty, hundred twenty thousand readers. That's not a lot. So I if know. the profitability, She Hulk too, right? Charles Hulk, yeah, yeah, yeah. he had pretty, yeah. he had pretty good readership, yeah. but not yeah. good enough. Yeah. yeah, So they, that's the stuff they have to consider. Now you think about it, it's like these are your, these are your. Um, shouldn't comic books at this point be the loss leaders to the big movies and all that? But that's not how corporations work or how they think. They think of each individual part. Well, they do to some extent with the Hickman run. Because, I mean, if they really wanted to be doing more, putting out more numbers on Avengers, he wouldn't have been on it for three years. But that's instead, true. they wanted him to be the architect of this whole next phase and all that. And that's really cool, and I, and I commend them for that. Props to Marvel. Uh, so they, they do do it sometimes, take a loss on purpose. Because Hickman, I mean, he is just not as mainstream a writer. He will never be as mainstream a writer as Bendis. He just will not. Yeah. Um, for better or worse. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. All right. Okay. Give another story? Uh, yeah, we'll do one more, I guess. Okay. Uh, and this one is... Uh, so, let's talk about controversial figures. Oh, uh, no. Like we Frank have, yeah. Miller. Ah. My boy. Is returning. By the way, uh, my favorite Frank Miller book, I don't know if I, I ever told you this, Kevin. Okay. Uh, Jordan and I agree on this, actually. It's no, ho- I disagree terror. already. I Holy disagree terror. already. Just I'm kidding. out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just kidding. Uh, Kevin's look was shocked and horrified. Uh, no, Jordan, yeah. for the record, Jordan and I, I, I don't think I've, I've never read it. I'm just joking. I've watched um, the Atop the Fourth Wall review of it, which okay. is about <laughs> as close as I'll get. I was just joking. <laughs> I do not like or have read or do I uh, acknowledge the legitimacy of Holy right. uh, But anyway. That was a joke. It yeah, is very important to note, however off the rails, well, okay, the off the rails part is where you get worried, but however off the rails he has gone, he is one of the most important figures no in question. comic book history. There's at least four or five franchises um, that he was instrumental in either creating or changing. In that, both comics and movies. Right. That yeah. totally fundamentally changed a lot of big things. Yeah. And so he's returning to one of those again with a third book in his Dark Knight Returns universe future. Right. Which, which as we talked about, Dark Knight Returns will be the primary source material for Batman v Superman. What's unfortunate is that even Batman Strikes Again wasn't that well received. I hated that It, book, it was honestly. a terrible book. I love Returns. I hated Strikes Again. So, like, this better be a freaking... Well, well he's getting... And a, what are they going to do with it? That's the thing. Yeah, well, that is the question. Azarello can help. Azarello can only help. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Azarello is a great writer. Um, Originally, it was Snyder, a, ta- a rumor. Was he really? Yeah. yeah. That would have been equally cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Azarello's been a great writer. I've loved... Um, I never finished 100 Bullets yet. I'd, I'd still like to, but I loved the... the I read like the first 80 or so issues yeah. of it and really liked it. I loved his Wonder Woman run. Um, I know some yeah. people mm-hmm. who aren't the biggest fans of it, but I think it, it, it it's the most approachable, readable Wonder right. Woman ar- story arc ever, really. In a, in a while, time, at least. In a while, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been loving and that. And it's also the only Wonder Woman arc that any like critics or people that write about comics have given a shit about in years. And like, I mean, I think the movies or the Wonder Woman movie will probably use that as primary. Influence. That would be oh, the hope. I doubt it. Really? No, come on. I think it's going to go more traditional. Tra- looking at Gal Gadot's like shots huh. and looking Good at point. Batman. V- the one shot of her. Okay, shot. <laughs> and looking at Batman v Superman's direction, dude. Really, I think, think they're going to go with that old direction with that dude stealing babies and looking like an alien not necessarily and shit. that, but the big Greek gods connection yeah. and bringing in those characters. Yeah. 
Are they going to go for the source material that no one cares about? I, the Rucker Run or something? Man, I don't know. They, they, I don't know. They've made dumber decisions before. But anyway, Azarel, a great writer, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of where Wonder Woman goes. Right, I right. really want that to be a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jordan, what do you think this one has the potential to be about? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am at a loss. Maybe this is mean. his death? Possibly. It could be because, the end of everything. So, at the end of the first book, spoiler alert, he um, fakes his death and then... A, uh, and in Strikes Again, he does this. He incorporates members of the Justice League, and that was just a very uh, bizarre and um, sort of incoherent storyline. I would yeah. say. Um, whereas I loved Returns, so it's very up in the air as in terms of I mean, what he can do because Returns, that whole series is such a different tone yeah. and storyline. I'm curious, but it's hard to really be excited when the second one was so bad. Yeah. yeah. When Frank Miller hasn't written anything. I mean, that was years and years ago. Luckily, thank God, Azarello's in it. And Azarello, you know, will give him relevancy and modernity that he needs. Because the biggest problem with him, and I think we could all agree to this, or at least I, I I would guess, is that... Frank Miller has lost some touch, you yeah. know, with 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 what what is just a bit. What, with, what's Kuth? I mean, look, I was I watched recently. I watched to get a little controversial here. I watched the uh, Imitation Game, okay. you know, and you see people like Charles Dance, and I don't know what his politics have always been, but he's like a six year old British actor, right? Right. Um, and he played. Um, he's in Game of Thrones. He plays. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah he plays um, Tywin right. Lannister. But anyway, when we look back at the kind of horrors that were happening uh, in the Imitation Game mm-hmm. back in like 1951, yeah. that was like 60 years ago. So that was like just before Charles Dance was born. Um, but like you know, it took a long time for those things to change. Yet people now that are 60 or 70 in England are just like, can we? All oh, the horrors of all that time ago. Yeah. But back then, I bet you some of those same people were were were, were on board with that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Show. You know, we have to remember that it wasn't that long ago that these horrible things were happening, right. and that people had these you know whacked views. And so there are social you know uh, beliefs and and stuff that. That people hold on to for definitely for worse, mm-hmm. but you know you need to update. You need to yeah. learn. Like you know, at the very, if you have ignorant ideas, the best thing to be is somebody who says, "Wow, I I woke up and I realized the, the error of my ways." Mm-hmm. It sounds like Frank Miller hasn't had that evolution. Like yeah. he just hasn't evolved. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I, I wish he would so that he could you know get respect again. Because yeah. guy's a genius storyteller. We know, right? Right. Just right. is his brain capable of change in modern thought? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. It's just, but I, as curious. far as story wise and all that, I really have no comment because it could be. Yeah, it could be anything at this who point. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so I guess that is it for the big news stories. Okay. Um, okay. I will one one more question just for fun before sure. we go to a break. Uh, of all the movies, of which there are probably like 45, 60 at this point that are coming like out, sixty three, yeah, like that, like that thousand yeah. in the next yeah. few years, regardless of what, what does you know, few years mean like. 2020. I think that's about as far out as they're planned at this point. Um, Of all the comic book characters getting adapted, finally getting movies, just just for fun, which one are you most excited to see? Regardless of how much you know about it. Are we putting Star Wars aside? Just Star Wars aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like regardless of how much you know necessarily, because obviously it's easier to be excited for say Avengers than Black Panther. Right. right. But you know, as far as the characters involved, um, maybe the creative teams, or just even what from whatever you know, which superhero movie for the the next five years are you most excited about? me last. Me last. All right. I guess I'll go oh, first. Okay, go ahead. Um, for me, the the one I'm tempted to say, um, 
Avengers Infinity War just because mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's hard not to be excited about yeah, it. But yeah. really, why that one? Why? Because so it's going to be the big crazy. Maybe not the end, but it's going to be the climax of everything for Marvel, pretty much. That has been building up to since. I mean, you look wow. at well because Thanos was first introduced and in the post credit sequence in the oh, first so the Avengers. Infinity Gauntlet and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. we've been. I mean, we've been hinting at this for years now. Yeah, so, so in maybe a way, if, it's the yeah, it, not in a way, but it is the culmination. So like you know, the movies lead into one another, and then they're all leading up to that. I get it. Okay. Yeah. So maybe if I were, if you honestly asked me, I would probably say which one could I see today? It might be the Infinity War films, but really the one I'm most there's excited two, about. Right? Yeah, there's two. They're gonna be um, when are they released back to back? 2018, 2019, a year apart. Um, but really, if the the one I'm most excited about, and it's been my Facebook banner since it was announced. Uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've you know really fallen in love with the character since Kelly Sue DeConnick took over. Um, I've I've enjoyed her. I've been rereading the and I'll talk a little bit about this later. But the Avengers by Bendis. I went back to the beginning of that and yeah. she's had a great part in that. And she's just such a great character who really does belong in the cinematic. In universe. that case, before she was Captain Marvel, right? Well, yeah, when she was Miss yeah. Marvel. Um, and I'm just super excited to see what they do with that film. They just announced. Um, I forget who they, uh, the screenwriters are. Nicole Perlman, I think, is whoever co-wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy, And Mm -hmm. then someone else who I forget what she had written. But there's two female co-writers, screenwriters. Yeah, there's two co-writers. It just, that movie No casting yet. No casting yet. uh, But it's going to be Starbucks. With Marvel. (laughs) She's too old. There's a lot of great actresses. I mean, everyone in, there are a lot of great actresses for this. I'm really excited to see who they pick for it. Um, I don't know, I just, she's become one of my favorite characters, and it, it's about time. I mean, I think Marvel has done a good job of diversifying a little. The, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is very much a show dominated by strong female characters, which is great, and characters of color, um, which is something the movies need more of, and, you know, it's coming. But Captain Marvel seems like it's going to really blow up, and I'm hopeful that it'll be just a great film. And Marvel has yet to turn out a terrible film, right, right. so... I I'm, just I'm, checked, it's Nicole Perlman and... Meg LaFalva, uh, she does. She only has a few writing credits to her name. Okay. Inside Out is one, but yeah, both. Oh, Inside Out, yeah, that, yes. that's the one, yeah, that she was getting quoted yes. for. So, you know, great talent, uh, a pedigree. Because if the Inside Out's getting great pre-release buzz, Guardians was obviously an amazing, fun film. Uh, so yeah, Captain Marvel for me, I'm just super excited to see what they yeah. do with that. Kevin. Okay. Um. Now, if Edgar Wright was uh, still attached to the project, I'd have to say Ant-Man. That aside, I would say it's a tie between Civil War and Guardians 2. Um, Civil okay. War because, I mean, how can you not like that storyline? One of the, the iconic Marvel storylines. and I mean, It's really going to be it, another it, Avengers movie. Yeah, it <laughs> is. And also, I love the, what the Russo brothers did with um, Captain America. They're sort yeah. of taking over once Joss Whedon... Because they're going to be doing Infinity Wars. Are they? Um, yes. Yeah, they've been signed as the director. Yes. I knew that uh, Joss was leaving, but I didn't yes, know that. Yes, they've officially announced that. Um, so I think they're going to do a really good job. I think it has the potential to... A man who needs only to... one name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joss. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, oh, no worries. Um, so I think it has the potential to delve into more serious themes, but also be fun and introduce more characters and... It'll be challenging, definitely, but I am definitely excited about it, um, and I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do with it, and which characters they'll focus on in particular is what I'm intrigued by, because you understand from the you know from the book that 
it covers just everyone. And obviously they're not going to be able to do that with the movie because they don't own half the characters um, but or have introduced them. So I'm curious to see what they'll do there. But they're 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 including everyone they can. At this oh, point. they are absolutely. I mean, you've yeah. got four of the huge. main Avengers. Oh, it's going to be huge. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, uh, there like War Machine? I think Quick, a Falcon. Yeah, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah. It, it's just a crazy amount of characters. Yeah. So however Black big Panther. their parts. Yeah, Black, Black Panther's yeah. introduction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really, um, yes. barring a cameo in it's going to be Ultron. a lot. Oh, well, in this case, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. And it's a project I would never want to be in charge of because I can't imagine trying. It's super ambitious, but. I'm excited to see what they'll do. You know, the way when you say that, the way I always look at that, what you're talking mm-hmm. about yeah. is like I look at it because I'm a writer. I look at it from the writing perspective, yeah. and mm-hmm. I say, "Here's a blank piece of paper. How do you get this blank piece of paper to turn into that genius work?" Yes. And I think about that process and the challenge of that, and how much I would or wouldn't want to face that. <laughs> that's and like, that's how I sort of gauge a quality of a writer. I'm like, oh my god, I could not take that page and make it that. I know I could not. Right, right. No matter how many years, no matter, I mean, maybe one day I'll be an amazing writer that can do that. But for right now, nothing but admiration. Yes. And when you talk about that movie, I'm like, man, I'm like glad I don't have that blank oh my gosh. celluloid and have to turn it into that. That, mu- that much pressure, too. Oh but, my god. But anyway, okay. So that'll be the time. And then I also, t- I tied it with Guardians 2 because um, I mean, everyone loved the first one. I love James yeah. Gunn. And the nice thing about Guardians is it has the sort of freedom to do a little more of what it wants. It's because in space. It's in space. I mean, yes, it exists in the same universe as Cap and all them, but it's off in a completely different side of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so the, James Gunn pretty much has, to tell, has the freedom to tell the stories he wants to. And with that, Marvel was actually... A lot of the producers, apparently, were very hesitant about the storyline he pitched to them for Guardians 2, mm-hmm. saying that it was too... Uh, almost a return too uh, much of a deterioration of the comics, which I find really exciting, because we know it's going to be about Star-Lord's father. He's announced that it's going to be about fatherhood. We don't know what... We can kind of guess at this point that Adam Warlock will be his father, but it's right. still not confirmed. Um, may, and James got it said mainly because he doesn't like his father in the comics, because, I mean... the out in the comics yeah. is, you've read the Bendis yeah. run it's not, I don't like the Bendis run. no and I mean I, I mean I like the story but the the dad is just there's just it's amazing he's Star-Lord's father because you know he's just so bland and yeah that's the biggest and yeah. so I'm very interested in seeing what James Gunn will do with that he's certainly and, not going to do what anybody expects exactly I and I that's what that's another thing to be to excited I'm like, I don't want to have come in with a ridiculous amount of expectations. I want to be surprised. Well, I'll tell you, for me, the ones are, those are definitely good picks. I think for me, now hearing your spiel on um, on uh, Civil War, yeah. I think that's no question that's got to be it. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. because of the fact that if you're excited about Black Panther, if you're mm-hmm. excited about these other movies, uh, you know, the Falcon, mm-hmm. the, uh, not, not Falcon, but who else is being introduced in that? Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther's the only one officially. I mean, there's, there's Strange Captain Marvel. Will, Doctor Strange will come later, I believe. Yeah, Doctor Strange yeah. is later that year, so mm-hmm. there's always the possibility that more people will have been cast and make cameo appearances. So that, that one I'm really excited about. Doctor Strange I'm super excited about. Yes. I really, is it Cumberbatch for sure now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just really excited mm-hmm. to see him uh, in that role and just, and just to really hopefully get a good version of like a uh, you know, Constantine's okay, but like I just want like a really good like magic, yeah, magic yeah. superhero movie, and hopefully that'll be it. Whether regardless of how your, your thoughts are on if Cumberbatch is in like three times as many things as he should be, um, <laughs> I want more Sherlock. Yeah, right. So uh, right, right. I think they had to like twist his arm to stay in yes. it. That's what I read recently. Yeah. Um. So I would say though, I'm excited about those. 
Right now, I'm really pumped to see Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. What, yeah. in all four days? Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, and yeah. the reason is... You have a long time to wait for And the reason is because I want to see James Spader as Ultron. Yes. Uh-huh. Fair enough. For yeah, me, yeah. that is the big draw. Like, I love the movies. I love those characters. I love everything about it. I love the scenes I've seen, little clips Spader. and stuff. But uh, James Spader, when he's just like, you want something, but you don't want to change. And just the way he talks and the way he embodies that robot. And I'm just like, that is going to be a real... A real uh, uh, enemy. Uh, I just, I'm just super. And the pumped. Pinocchio stuff in that first. Yes, I uh, don't have strings. <laughs> there are no strings on, on me. That was brilliant. <laughs> I yes. love it. All right, well, we'll be back with comic talk. Yeah, sounds good. We'll be right back. And we're back. Um, welcome to segment two of our comics podcast episode. Um, we talked, we covered all the news in the first segment, and now we are going to talk about some of the books we've been reading. We're going to go around uh, in rotation and each talk about a book that we've been reading until time runs out and the musical chairs, uh, no, what is it, the music stops, and then you try to find a chair, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, uh, hopefully there's enough chairs to go around. Um, why don't we start with you? That makes no sense. Why don't we start, <laughs> why don't we start with you, Kevin? Uh, it's the right. start of a segment. you got to say something about it. I know. That's so me, man. That is so me. So anyway, without any further ado, Kevin, what are you been reading? What are you interested in talking about? Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is an indie webcomic I discovered online through Twitter, of all places. Um, well, it's a, it's a webcomic, so it sucks, right? Actually, no. <laughs> Honestly, no. This is actually a fantastic book. Just That's kidding. Webcomics are yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, is this book called Winter? W-Y-N-T-E-R. Awesome. Um, yeah, look at that art. Um, mm. Dude, yeah, it looks is, sick. It's fantastic. So, oh my God, I'm gonna write this, this down. the writer of this book started this company called New World Comics about a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. Okay. Um, and he's been doing a lot of advertising through Twitter. This book is a set in the very distant future. Um, it takes place in a world where humans are spread out over tons of galaxies um, all across the universe to the point where there are so many humans in existence at one time that the idea of an original thought has ceased to exist because... There are so many people living at one time that any thought you have has already been thought, and or any feeling you if you have has already been felt over and over again. Something artists also. worry about a lot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it's a fascinating topic. So it's got this sort of dystopian vibe to it. Um, you'll get a sort of Blade Runner sense while reading it. Not, I don't want to compare it to. I don't really like comparing. Um, Especially in especially books something. and films to other ones, and especially but, when they're that that like uh, you know insurmountable, right? Right, exactly. Blade Runner. It's like if, if you go in with that expectation, right? It's right. like hearing Bioshock is the best video game of all time. Exactly. Yeah, you're not but, gonna like it that much, right? So I don't mean to do it in that sense, but just to give listeners here an idea, since I can't sure, show sure. Them the well, book well it's the one. elevator pitch. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a fascinating book. Um, really love the art style. The writing is, you know, there's just enough text on the page to have it purposeful but it's not like in your face or anything like that it's not um it's not bendis um which you know for better or worse for better or worse that's no diss to bendis i'm just saying this is a different kind of style um and so i've read reminds me a little bit of um art which uh by uh, that guy who's doing um gates of gotham right now or not okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. no what's his name um i do not tenna tenna the guy does the dark art uh, that's doing not Gates of Gotham, but um, streets. What's the oh oh oh? Uh, uh, Templesmith. Templesmith. Ben Templesmith. That's Gotham right, by midnight. Right. Gotham by midnight. Right. And what I love about this book is, 
you know, this guy has been a science fiction writer for years and years. It could be, um, this story could be told in prose, but I think it works so well as a comic because it's looks conveyed. Gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. It's conveyed very cinematically. How much of um, it exists? So if I want to go get into I, it. It started last year, I want to say. So I've read the first three or four issues. Um, the I'm first, um, I, actually, there might just be four out. So it, it's within the last year it started. I know it's a very new book. So there isn't that um, much out there yet. There's not much out yet. And it's one of those I've read about the writer, and he does. It's not one he intends to go. It's not going to be like a one that creates spinoffs and all this stuff. It will have a beginning, middle, and end, but it is set to go for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually get the first three issues for free online. Um, oh, then you pay for it, and then that's you, different. From yeah, exactly. So, um, actually, if you want to follow New World Comics on Twitter, I highly recommend because. They'll send you a link to how to get the first issue free. Awesome. Um, and that way you can get in touch directly with the writer. Um, and, you know, because... And what I like about it, too, is, you know, you can get the first three issues for free. You can also pay money to them, and every dollar you pay goes directly to the creators. Which that's I, awesome. Yeah. It, I mean, you can beat that. No um, So that's the first book. I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's very dark. I mean, that's why I said, like, I like a mix of both dark and lighthearted storylines mm-hmm. yeah. this is a very dark heavily thematic material mm-hmm. um so if you're looking for something like that i, I definitely recommend, recommend checking it out kevin are you an x-files fan i have not i'm a i've watched fringe more so i'm gonna get into x-files but mm-hmm. which because the new series was announced that's a, yeah 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 I, I i'm among many other shows from the 80s and 90s that are being <laughs> revamped okay jordan uh, Jordan's still waiting for that sliders relaunch, but anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. I'll I'll start with the book that I just finished reading and that I was absolutely just blown away by and enjoyed so much. Um, obviously, Daredevil premiered, mm-hmm. and watching thirteen episodes of Daredevil left me wanting to read Daredevil. Um, and I've read the Wade Run, which is great. It's obviously not the TV show. Wade uh, Run is more so good. swashbuckling, so fun. fun book. Yes. Uh, but I decided let's read the big, you know, monumental, kicked off the last era of Daredevil, the Bendis Maleev Ultimate Collection I got uh, the okay. first volume of. Um, the weird thing about that book is that it opens with this, say, this yeah. uh, four-parter that I guess was the first of Bendis' work on Daredevil, where he as worked a with uh, as a co-writer. So I get why it's in there, but... I remember reading it several years ago, and it just killed it, because it's this weird, painted... Um, Daredevil's barely in it. It's from Ben Yurick's point of view. And I like Ben Yurick, um, but it's like he's investigating this child who's had mental issues, and the art's all just weird. I mean, it's yeah. it's very creative, but it's a hard read. Um, it does not feel like a Bendis-written book, because Bendis... I don't know how much he co-wrote it, but it was clearly not the dialogue. Yeah. Bendis has a very unique feel to Wordy, his dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting past that was hard, but I mean, you know what? Skip that, really. Just go straight to when Bendis took over the book main time, um, and it had this whole someone tried to take out the Kingpin, uh, taking over because the Kingpin had known for several decades in the comics who Matt Murdock was, that he was Daredevil. And so this new punk comes into town and is like, why aren't we killing this guy? And so he decides to try and take over. Um, it basically leads to when Daredevil's identity first got outed and all of the chaos and right. insanity that ensued. Um, this first volume has the first... It has the four-issue thing he wrote, and then it has the first 15 issues of his run with Maleev in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly think Bendis is best in like big chunks because he, his issues do read so fast. So fast. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you yeah. pick up like an X-Men, one of the new X-Men trades, like you literally spend like $18, and next thing you know, you're done with it. Like, five, I, ten minutes later. I feel kind of bad, but I, especially with books like that, I 
cheat and go to Barnes and Noble and read them in a sitting right in the corner there yeah. because yeah. they don't care. But you know, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Well, I, I, if, when, if and when I do that, I like to buy coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah do yeah. something. No, and, and this seemed like one of those seminal runs I kind of wanted to have in my collection. And as I've been reading it, it's it's been great. I've already ordered the second one because. I, I want to have it, and you know, I have. I currently have a Marvel Unlimited subscription because so they you could be reading okay. it there. They gave it for free. Basically, yeah, you get it free now, right? If right. You, uh, to... you can get a month free because they added all the Star Wars comics. Oh, sweet! So if nice. you just go and use so the code at your Star iPad, Wars, you need to do that. Okay, it's well, still available, right? I believe it's still available. Yeah, right, cool. check um, it out. I think it's through HBO the too. Is, HBO is doing thirty days free on the new app or that's something. Awesome. I need to try yeah. that too. Yep. Um, so that's been really great. It, it does such a good job of getting that feel of Daredevil being really dark, but still being highly entertaining, um, which I think sometimes it can be really just really dark and depressing. Yeah. The yeah. show gets into that a little, um, but, I, you know, again, I watched it all in a straight, ridiculous marathon, um, and now I'm rewatching it piece by piece. But the book, it, it's just, it is a great run. It's every bit as seminal and important as people have long said it to be, so I'm glad to finally be reading it. Um... And I would highly recommend it. So that's my first recommendation. Mark Wade actually talked about that at the end of the first volume of Daredevil as far as, like, Kevin Smith and all these guys had done such horrible things to him over the years. He didn't think yeah. he could do anything else. But I mean, there's still yeah. a big death in this book, but it, yeah. it, it fits. It doesn't feel gratuitous. Right. I mean, it kind of is, too. There, there are ways you can look at any death, but I, I thought it worked. Yeah. All um, right. So what do you well, got, Rich? Well, I'm going to talk about two books that are very similar to me. Um, one I know you've also read, Jordan, and that is Southern Bastards. Have you read this? Um, I'm going to get the trade soon. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I was um, waiting for it to come out. Yeah, so Southern Bastards is awesome. Um, it's Just a really good book, uh, and it's uh, it's only the first trade is only ten dollars. It's, it's, Gotta it's, love it's, image. Yeah, I love the Gotta image. Gotta love image. Yeah. Uh, and um, anyway, it's a really interesting story. Um, yeah. And what's really cool about it is that it's unlike most stories you'll you'll find. So it's literally about this guy Earl Tubbs, and he goes uh, back home. And it's about this homecoming he has, and basically he's an old man now, like 60 years old, and there's this guy named Coach Boss, who's like also 60, and they both went to high school together, and there was all, there's all these like deep-seated uh, rivalries underneath the surface that come bubbling up, and Coach Boss kind of runs the town, but Earl Tubbs sort of had some history with his dad and this magic stick, and anyway, it's just a really interesting story, it comes from a perspective you totally never see. Mm-hmm. And also, by the fourth issue, the entire book changes fundamentally, which everybody always told me, and I was like, Really? Yes, this book will change fundamentally between issues four and five, and for to me that is a huge, huge praise because yeah. I love twists. Right, right. Um, so that's that's awesome about this book. So now this book is about like the southern, you know, Jason Aaron is notably from I think North Carolina or Tennessee or one of those places. He's yeah. very much Latour is from North Carolina. I think he's from another state, like Tennessee okay. or something. Yeah, uh, uh, Aaron is from Tennessee or something. Um, but anyway, so they're very much into like you know the heritage of, of North Carolina and and the South and. And, and, and just, just this whole area and trying to cap, you know write books about that because there aren't many there yeah. aren't many books about this area yet. you know it's right. kind of like the especially the, in comics right it's yeah. kind of like the violent equivalent of um, the uh, uh, what's that saga that um, Lemire did for Canada oh the uh, Essex trilogy Essex County Essex County yeah. it's kind of like that but very violent and blood soaked incredibly brutal book um, but this one's not about like crime per se. They call it a crime comic, but it's really just about a small town and some of the violence that ensues. And and and, and it's also, but it's also very dramatic and, and drama based. The other book I have in my hand here is called Men of Wrath, and I always kind of mix these two up because men, this one just came out in trade. Men of Wrath did. It's an icon book, and it's uh, it's Jason Aaron's other uh, creator own. This one's this was a limited series. Though. It was only five issues. Tells a complete story. 
This one is a crime book. This is about a hitman and about the, the history of violence that his family has had and how it's led to sort of the present. It's all about generations and the way that things uh, evolve and percolate and uh, it's beautiful art. Nice. And it's just about how, uh, you know, vendettas can, you know, and, and family history, it very much takes that Romeo and Juliet concept of like, you know, you are what your last name is and, and how that affects things. And is it about who you really are or is it about who you think you are and it's about destiny versus fate versus you know, self determination and, and your mm -hmm. own your own will to change your fate. Uh, this is a brutal book. Like this is the kind of book. Usually, you'll see a book where like somebody will point a gun at a dog or a horse, and the, and then like you'll just be like, oh well, of course that's not going to get shot. No, 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 they get shot bloodily. You know, right in the yeah. face. Like you know, that's the kind of guy. J I mean, that's what Jason Aaron kind of sees as being gritty and real. You know, if these guys go out into the field and do horse shooting, you're going to see bloody horse heads. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's just how it is. This book is brutal. Uh, in a really good way, though. It's uh, it's a, it's a, it, it never really upset me to the point where like I was like, wow, that was gratuitous. It always had a point. Um, really good characters. Um, and even though horrible things happen and people die, there's still a hopeful through line that you can follow and enjoy. But it also remains realistic. A lot of the things, both these books have that one thing that I love about Game of Thrones to be true about them. Where the stakes are there because you know at any moment people can die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and these Walking are those Dead. kind of books, and for that I love them. So Same I would say, Walking Dead. Yeah. So yeah. Southern Bastards and Men of Wrath. It's a good. It's a good duo. Just, just one note. Yeah. It's a small thing. But in Southern Bastards, when Rich says a magical stick, it's more like a mythical. Like his dad had this big stick that he, yeah. he was known for. Not so much like there's not actual magic, but it might book. be. I've heard there's there's it might be. But yeah, it, but it's all very subtly played. It's not yeah. like he's whipping out wands and throwing spells in the no, deep no, south, no, no, but. No. I just, just, I found it funny when you said magic. Well, light, lightning hits, to, to be a little more specific, lightning hits a tree, and there's, like, a stick left. You know, yeah. once the tree splits, and, like, so so it's maybe... A, a it feels stick. like a deep south sort of tail, tall tail. Yeah, sort. yeah That's yeah. kind of what they go for yeah. with that. Anyway. anyway. Cool. All right. Well, while we're on Jason Aaron, I'll go ahead and delve into <laughs> the Marvel Star Wars run. Awesome. Um, oh, tell me about that. I didn't mean to read it. How is it? All right. It? So, here, you can yeah, yeah, up here. I've got issue four down there. So, um... You know, with uh, Lucas selling the rights back when um, the plans for Episode 7 went underway, it was um, now this year Marvel bought back the rights to Star Wars from Dark Horse, um, which we've been seeing years and years of Dark Horse. And this then. is the premiere run, right? The Star this Wars self-titled. Yes, this is the self-titled, and there have been two spinoff books so far. Darth Vader. Um, Darth Vader and Princess Leia. Been reading those too. Um, the, 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 yes, I have. I've read the first couple of seasons of Princess Leia, and yeah, the first Darth Vader as well. And they also announced they, they announced Kanan, who's the Star Kanan, Wars from, yeah, Rebel. from Rebel. And the big one that I'm excited about is Lando, Lando Calrissian yes, by Charles Soule. I will definitely what? get into that. Charles yes. Soule is all over the place. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I'll Wait, go is he like is he doing somebody like sexual favors? <laughs> like he gets every cool he book. Works. He works. I, no, but he gets every cool book. He and it's Snyder, like, what's the I, coolest character on there? Lando. Yep. Soul's doing it. Yep. You know what I mean? He Who gets Snyder. to do Death of Wolverine? Yeah, exactly. Who knows nothing about Wolverine before this? That's what Charles I'm saying. Soul's doing it. Yep. That's, that's my Charles Soul. He's book. also someone who can write. Charles Soul, I write 15 books. Yep. He well, he, he visited, just as an aside, he visited um, Ultimate, Ultimate Comics, Comics last year, and he was talking about his process where it's like, he will outline it, and then, like, in two hours, he'll write an entire issue. Right, and right. then and it's, I, I can't even... I, I can't. I, I've picked up my page count, yes, but I'm still yes. like, this needs editing, yes. and it's like, I can't imagine doing 22 weeks that fast. It's impressive. Um, He's got little books. So oh, he who, is who's this? This is interesting. Um, new villain in there. Awesome. I can get into that. Awesome. Um, okay, so let me go ahead and say that I am a huge Star Wars fan. 
um, grew up, I used to, I wish I still had the VHSs, um, don't anymore, but, I mean, I've been following uh, um, the characters for years and years, so I had, I was both excited and nervous about this coming mm-hmm. in, mainly because Dark Horse had done a such a good job of the year. They really so, had. And the other thing that made me skeptic is that, okay, you've we've been exploring the vast Star Wars timeline in the universe for years and years. There's so much There's out so there. so much out there. But I, it begged the question of, like, okay, what area are they going to tap into that, and do something that we haven't seen before? Also, the Brian Wood run, if you read that, the mm-hmm. Dark Horse Brian Wood run, mm-hmm. I started reading it, and it was yeah. pretty lame. Pretty, pretty right, boring, right. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. thought. Yeah. So I was hoping, and then this takes up in the same exact era on the same exact sort of starting point yeah. with the same kind of characters, so I was a little worried. But, but tell So me. this takes place, yes, between episodes four and five. Um, so it's directly following the destruction of the Death Star. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's fun. What I like most about it, and th- it's surprising about Jason, not that he is an excellent writer. I was just, you know, I mean, you showed his book just a minute ago. He does more darker material. Mm-hmm. I was interested that he would be the one writing a Star Wars book that mm-hmm. was much more in line with the tone of the original films. Well, he also um, does, uh, you know, Thor, which he is does, yeah, not, that's not as true, bad. So, true, yeah. true. Um, so, no, he's very capable of doing a diverse range. I love it. I think um, so. The main so in the main storyline, the first few issues cover a mission with Han, Luke, Leia, all them as they're um, raiding this moon, trying to um, you know. So it's a typical espionage kind of mission. They're trying to steal plans for uh, imperial plans, and in the midst of that, they discover a a group of slaves there. that the Empire's been keeping. So, of course, they have to free them. They run into Vader. It, and it's just like this... It, the tone of it is exactly like um, New Hope and Empire, especially. It's just got that... Um, Aaron really captures the voice of these characters and implements them into the dialogue. Um, it looks like, gorgeous. Oh, I mean, it's gorgeous. I've been flipping through the issues are, and it just looks oh, perfect. Oh, it's gorgeous. It, um, it's cinematic. It's... Got all your favorite characters in there. Look at that last yeah. image of Boba right there. I mean, you know, who can argue with that? So that's the main storyline. Terrific. Um, and then there's two spinoff books so far, um, Vader and Leia. Vader is really cool because it begs the question of, okay, it takes place in the same time frame. Um, so you have, it looks at the question of, okay, so the Death Star is destroyed and Emperor is obviously going to be mad. Who does he have to blame? Well, let's blame his second command, which is Darth Vader. What's amazing about this book is, and Aaron doesn't write that. I can't remember his name that writes that. Do you know off the top of your head? I know, I know Wade's guy. doing Princess Leia. I can't. Wade is doing it, yeah. I'll I know look up who his it name. is. I just can't think I'll of it. I'll look up his name in a sec. Um, but, not, is it Paul Cornell? No. no. It's something that can, But look at here. Look, Jordan, you can look it up. Yeah, but, I got it. Um, but what I like about it is that it managed. I mean, because, I mean, Vader, come on, we need a solo book for that. And it actually manages to, I mean, the biggest, baddest villain in the galaxy, it manages to make you sympathetic toward him in some way. Because uh-huh. here he is getting um, just yeah. by the Emperor after years and years. And um, and it proves, it just, it's just a really good storyline there. Um, the Leia one also is written by Wade. That explores the storyline of, okay, so... There were obviously survivors of Alderaan right. after, and so it's Leia's efforts to reach out to them. And it also looks at 
Uh, Which sounds hella boring, but it must be it's, pretty cool. I, it's, I, I'll have to say, I mean, I would definitely love good female-centered um, comic stories, sure. shows, movies. It's not the strongest, I would say, and I love Wade. It's not the best. It's good. I like it. Um, oh, I just thought it's of who not, it is. Yeah. I just thought of who it is. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, Kieran Gillen? That's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, that's right. Could not remember the name. Um, so, the Leia one... It's not as exciting. It's still, it, and it's again. It's only a five part series. I mm-hmm. want to say, um, but it's very interesting because it's like, it also looks at okay, what is what did the Rebel Alliance, what are the members think of Leia? You know, I mean, and um, and because she actually has to be really strong in the midst of losing her family, her people, all in literally the blink of an eye, um, and so it, it explores that. So there's a lot of area that has previously been ex- unexplored that Marvel's tapping into with Star Wars, and that's really exciting. And it's maintaining the tone of the original series, which I think what Abrams is doing as well. Because, I mean, you look at Episode Seven, you look at this, Abrams, all the creators here are, you have to commend them for really making an effort to return Star Wars to its roots. And yeah. I could not commend them for that, because... I understand every fan out there being skeptical after the prequels. I mean, yeah. who isn't? Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed them. I highly recommend them. Um, yeah, the uh, cast is art, and that is great. Um, He's a genius. Yeah. Yes. Do you read Planetary? No, I need to. Yeah. Let's get up. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, since we're on Star Wars, <laughs> I'll yes. talk. Okay. Like I mentioned, the Marvel Unlimited app uh, okay. just got all of the Dark Horse books. And it's a little weird because it sort of whitewashes out Dark Horse completely. <laughs> like, even in the little subtext with all of the, the like printer publisher that's details, so it's replaced Dark Horse with Marvel. That's so, they must, uh, I, hope I they guess got that's money. part of the I hope deal. They got paid. But it's just kind of bizarre. But anyway. Um, there are a lot of Dark Horse series I'd always wanted to read because uh-huh. there's a lot of Dark Horse Star Wars comics. Um, and I've got some that I was a big fan of. But the one I'd wanted to read was Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Um, I used to own a volume or two of that. Yeah, and I'd always heard great things about it. Yeah. That it was uh-huh. a really interesting, well-told, it just feels free. It feels... Right. It, and it, it does feel like this. It feels like a Star Wars story that is not beholden to any continuity. Yeah, it is just completely different yeah, time. It is mm-hmm. in the universe. It has Jedi and Sith and all that, but it feels like its own thing. And it mm-hmm. really does. Like This story opens with this Padawan, and I forget his name, but he is just kind of the, the screw-up of his group of Padawan. There's like a five Jedi Masters. Right. He's one of theirs, and he just can't do anything right. He's got this small-time criminal he's been chasing for weeks, can't get the guy... And uh, it's finally time to find out who's going to be a Jedi. And he, he actually manages to capture his prey. And then when he gets there, the Jedi Masters have all murdered all the Padawan. And so he runs. He barely gets away. They pin the crime on him. He teams up with these two junkers in their derelict spaceship. And they start going off trying to figure out what these Jedi Masters are up to. Why are they mm-hmm. destroying things? No one believes him. Um, and so it's just this journey of him trying to both find his own way as a Jedi and prove his innocence and have these big space adventures that you expect from Star Wars. It has that classic feel of a bunch yeah. of rebels on the run, uh, this big misfit group of characters all getting to know each other. I read the first uh, arc, basically, and I'm just mm. in love with it. It's, yeah. it's such a fun story, and it doesn't matter that it doesn't count, because they, they, they took out all of the extended universe and said, some of it might count if we feel like it, but for the most part, pretend it's all Legends. It's under this new Legends um, sub-banner. But as a good story on its own, I'm excited. It's a full 50, 55 issues of this one narrative arc. Um, and sometimes it's fun just to have a big space epic. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's something that's missing from a lot of cinema and 
TV these days. Oh, we haven't had a nice big space epic, so mm-hmm. I'm enjoying reading well, that's that. That's why Brian K. Vaughn's uh, uh, run is doing so well. Saga, yeah, 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 yeah. Saga. which is also great. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's one of the big ones. I tried to read Legacy, which takes place in the far, well, not far future. Like, Knights of the Old Republic yeah, is thousands of years before. Mm-hmm. Legacy is like 125 years later. It's Luke Skywalker's uh, great-grandchild. Right, right. It, I, I couldn't get into that one as much, but Knights of the Old Republic is a yeah. great, just fun story. I would highly recommend it. Again, if you have the Marvel app, and you might as well right now. It's it's free right now, so yeah. you might as well give it a shot. Yeah, sure. Try out some Star Wars, try out some Marvel. But, uh, yeah, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Really enjoying that comic. Excellent. Uh, well, I was just holding up a book that I'm really enjoying called Copperhead. You guys heard of okay. this? Vaguely. Yeah. I've picked it up in the store. Yeah, well, this is by Jay Far- Farber. Um, he is the guy who did... What was that book he did? Um, there's, there's a couple... Um, um, Oh yeah, uh, Dynamo Five, which okay. I really enjoyed, which is about uh, you know these five superheroes. I think their father dies, and like they're like all illegitimate kids of other. Uh, like he he was like a philandering guy, and yeah, like he, yeah. anyway, all his illegitimate kids have to get together and become a team, and they all have like parts of his power. Um, he also did another series I can't remember the name of. Maybe you'll have it there. Noble Causes, I think it was. Yeah, Noble Causes, yeah, okay. which is about like a superhero family or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, Copperhead. He hasn't been really around in the news too much lately. Oh, and he did Near Death or one of those books, too. More gritty. This is a lot like... The reason I wanted to talk about this one, I've only read the first couple issues, but it's much... It's a lot like a, a space opera-y stuff. Like, if you even look... Have you read yeah, Saga at all, Kevin? A little. But I yeah. mean, just looking at these... Look at these pictures. Isn't this kind of reminding yeah. of Saga? Oh, wow, yeah. You that, know what I mean? It's like, That wow. aesthetic is... Yeah, it's got that aesthetic of, like, you know... But, you see... What this is all about is a, a single mother, which is awesome to have as a, as a, char- as a main character, and her son. And she uh, is, like, tough as nails, but, like, maybe a little bit soft uh, around in the middle, but, like, you never see it. See, she's gritty. Um, and so she goes to this new town, and she meets this guy. She goes to this, like, it's like, it's not like Firefly in that way. It's like a it's like a space sci-fi thing, but, like, with a western tinge. You can tell from the front. It's western-y. You know, she's a sheriff. Right, right. But, you know, like, in the future, in, like, space. And so she runs into this guy, Sheriff Brunson, who's not super bright, but he was going to be the sheriff. And he gets passed over for her. And so he's, like, all grumpy and pissed off anyway, and then this happens. So he's, like, her begrudging partner, but she's really good at what she does, and it's just their adventures through space. It's super fun. Uh, I would totally recommend Copperhead. It's it's surprising and fun and just a really good read. So it's, awesome. an, o- it's an ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's an ongoing, yeah. Because I know that's, yeah... That's definitely uh, an interesting thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's it for uh, for me for this round. Sounds good. Yep. Cool. Um, I can just talk about one more. Yeah, okay. Good. Good. And then I'll, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about a little more Marvel here. So I'll just go ahead and tackle two at a time. So this is, again, why I love Marvel so much, is that they're not afraid to just do B characters. Yes. Howard the um, Duck. Howard the Duck. Okay, so... Um, I came in, I read this first issue last night, actually. By the way, are you, I'm sorry to interrupt, are you reading, uh, Sex Criminals? No, and I know that the writer of that is, I know, I do. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Um, the writer of Sex Criminals does this, and so right there you can tell he's done very quirky material before. Um, so, you know, let's flashback a little, you know, I came in, very little nod to the character. I knew who he was from the, oh, the classically awful George Lucas movie back from the 80s and they, <laughs> they played it at NC Comic Con last year and um, of course at the end of Guardian Scouts he, James Gunn threw us all for a loop when he put him in the post-credit sequence right. so Howard the, yeah. the moment. Duck is just the definition I mean, hey listen to the name the, defin- is the definition of a B 
character. Just I think that's the totally point, right? Out there. Totally the point. What I and that's what I love about this book. So it starts off. You get you know it does his little origin where he um, gets back to Earth um, against his own will. And he's sort of just stuck there. He has trouble fitting in. Um, he's a private detective on Earth, but, you know... That's cool. gets, Yeah. Does he solve he, cases with twists? He, like... It's kind of brilliant, because, you know, I've read some of the classic, like, Raymond Chandler novels and stuff like oh, that. I and, love those. And the film noir stuff and all that. And it really, like, goes back to that in some ways, even. Well, look at all the Star-Lord. They, he, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they okay. really piggyback off exactly. the idea of that Guardian's lead-in. So look at this, well, George. It's exactly. all Guardians. So oh, yeah. Rocket Raccoon and Guardians. I'm going to provide a little spoiler into that since yeah. you said that. Um, the end of the first issue. So as I said, it's the first issue is about him trying to you know deal with a world. It's the it was the cover say trapped in a world. He's um, grown accustomed. He's to. grown accustomed <laughs> to. And look at his face on there. He's just so grumpy. Spider Man's outside the window there. Um, and so the first issue is about that. He like is just trying to find his way and among the humans and all this stuff and. Whereas Spider-Man is existential in a different way, Howard the Duck is just like, it's hilarious because he's just like making all these comments to humans and he's just like, oh, this is such a pathetic world kind of thing, you know, and so, at, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say to him, to Jordan, dude, I'm in love with this comic because of the cover. Look what it exactly. says here. Just finished Howard the Duck number one and loved it. Quote, Gerard Way. <laughs> wait, wait, because I, I have a vendetta against Gerard Way okay, for, for okay. no good reason. Okay. And then, <laughs> Not uh, at all. And then the next part, it says, who's Gerard Way? What the fuck is he doing on my cover? Quote, Howard the Duck. <laughs> How awesome is that? Gerard Way, like, as you know, is, yeah. a, is a musician. Uh, right, he, he's, right, right, before, right. Supposedly he wrote comics a little bit before he's into music. Yeah, I yeah. don't buy that. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. Or, or I'm choosing to ignore that. Yeah. Uh, he is and will forever be a member of that band, that like emo-ish band or whatever. And so instead of, you know, I, he's a musician. He's had his fame. He doesn't need me buying his fucking comic books. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no sense, but I don't care. I don't. I hate Gerard Way. Okay. So I love this book. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, man. But no, and I was going to say, since you said Guardians, at the end of the first issue, um, the some of these agents, this agent who works for the Collector, is trying to co- is coming around collecting rare specimens oh. for the and so that's when he sucks him from the gal from so Earth it ties into the MCU it ties into the MCU and so I'm like which I was not entirely expecting I mean I figured Guardians would show up here but I wasn't sure how so this actually shows how he gets sucked in to be and you see him in that shot in the movie where he's yeah. just he's just so like oh why am I here that's pretty much how he is the whole book like it, it's amazing I'm it, like I love this book because. You know, it, it, you know, he's not a character that's like happy or anything. He, you, but you, it's just so brilliantly satirical. And yeah, so at the end, he gets, um, he gets collected. Um, he's and then he, he's in prison at the end. And Rocket Raccoon shows up at the end. Yeah. And so that, and I have not read the second issue yet. I'm excited. Too. Well, all I know um, is that right here it says Fifty Shades of Gamma Ray. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm learning. Isn't that brilliant? Like, I mean, yeah. so I just, I mean. With this and with Ant-Man, too, with um, their revamp of it, um, I just love that they're able to explore quirky B-characters and have 21-year-olds like me have a great time with them, you know? Awesome. Uh, let me give you an opportunity, because I'm definitely going to cheat a little and do this. A uh, couple quick picks. One or two yeah. quick picks. Yeah. yeah. What do you got? What are a couple of things you wanted to maybe talk about we didn't get time to talk about, but that are, people should check out? 
Ant-Man, as I was mentioning that there. Um, you're reading the Ant-Man comic? Yes. Good so... Idea. You like a lot of the com- uh, uh, comic ones. Right, I mean, right. I mean uh, funny... Uh, humor, the funny one, yeah. Books. I mean, like, I used to be more into... I mean, I still like the gritty stuff, but... Um, I also like a good, fun one. I like yeah. the Marvel offers. A diversity, again. Yeah. Um, that... Been catching up on Walking Dead. I'm still way behind, but... Yeah. Going through the trades. Cool. Um, oh, Batman 66. Well, oh, you like right that? Bat- see, I haven't read see, it. It's, okay, so, oh, really? Okay, you need to. Um, okay. All right, so. I'll take your word. W- it's amazing because I love Scott Snyder's Batman, which, of course, is totally dark, totally right. gritty. But I also love Batman 66, and especially Kevin Smith's Batman 66 mm-hmm. means Green Hornet. Oh. Because, oh, my gosh, what? how much fun will that be? Oh, was? i got to oh. check it out. Oh, it's fantastic. Is it a trade yet? Yeah, they just... It, yeah, I think it is a trade now. I, I collected it. Yeah, I, I've but, seen it. I'm yeah, yeah, it. Okay. I gotta oh, read it. fantastic. Um, and actually, the one of the artists of Batman 66 is a Raleigh native. Um, what's his name? Sandy Jarrell, I think this is hmm. Um and, and Jeff Parker, he went to ECU. He's, you know. Um, and so... It's, you know, Batman 66, granted, of course, exists outside the main DC continuity, but it's what DC needs because it's a fun book. And awesome. because, you know, um, so I sort of have jumped off the DC bandwagon for the most part, mainly because I, after Forever Evil, I just couldn't keep up with it. There was well, too Forever much was going, a little whack. There was just to, so much going on and I couldn't follow. And I would pick up, especially picking up the single issues, you wouldn't get a full story in each issue, you know? And so, you know, I don't want this on DC. I love DC. Um, but I just, you know, I mean, I like there to be more... What I liked about Spider-Verse, for instance, was that... And that was a little more darker storyline. Was you could still read the main storyline without reading the spinoff books and understand it fine. You could read the spinoff books and they added a nice touch to it. But the the main storyline was enough on its own. And so that's... I think Marvel does that a little better, especially with its crossovers and single books. Awesome. Just cool. as a note, I love that Spider. Like Dan Slott, I love he's that he's given, he's made Spider Man get big events. Yes, um, I'm a huge. I, I, that probably goes without saying at yeah. this point on oh, the yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm such a big Spider fan. Yep. Um, anyway, so for my last big book, I will talk about. Um, I've really been enjoying this. This is going back about a decade, but I found at Edward McKay's, which is a great local uh-huh. used bookstore. Okay. Uh, someone had traded in pretty much the entirety of the Jeff Johns Flash run in trades. Ah, nice. Um, and I picked up the first three trades because I've seen the others sort of around and about, but the first couple I, I've never seen. So I was like, I just, and they're the first couple. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to read it in order. And I've been really enjoying it. I'm not typically a huge Jeff Johns fan. I've yet to be fully pulled in by any of his okay. major stories. Um, I have read the big one, the Red Black. I love Flashpoint. Um, I'd like to read Flashpoint because oh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. in such a Flash mood. And actually, I did really enjoy when he took Flash back over right before the new 52 right, right, for about right. two minutes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed that, and so reading his Wally West run on The Flash has been a lot of fun. It, it goes back to a point when it wasn't so event-heavy, mm-hmm. when it felt like each book could just tell the stories it wanted to exactly. tell. I mean, I've read about 12 issues and there's no there's like hints I mean sometimes big events sort of reverberate into the other books but mm-hmm. it's not like he's suddenly getting whisked away to battle world or to fight the black lanterns it's just flash being flash and mm-hmm. protecting uh, Keystone City seeing the rogues it's just really fun seeing and, the rogues <laughs> that's how the rogues are them? yeah he's like there's an them? issue there's an issue where he someone attacks a hockey game and he's there fighting the guy 
And Leonard Snart's just in the audience, and he's like, what are you doing, Flash? Get out! <laughs> he's all angry about it, so he helps him fight the guy. Because uh, that's the relationship he has with the rogues. It's one of the best parts of the TV show, is that they're building towards that sort of friendly rivalry. Even funny. though the rogues are criminals. Right. Um, and Jeff Johns really gets the Flash. Um, I know he, he's fam- most famous for reinventing Green Lantern, um, but I think his run on Flash shows that he really did love that character. He obviously brought back Barry Allen. Um, and it's just a run that is is fun, classic. Mid two thousands DC had a lot more variety and breadth to it, where it was just yeah. sort of the writers could do whatever they want without being like the company tone. Yeah, which is what the new fifty two does feel like a little at times. Yeah. Um, so really enjoying that. A couple of the quick picks. Uh, another book from mid two thousands DC is I got the first volume of Secret Six, which by Gail Simone, who's one of my favorite writers, and I've been really enjoying that. It's fan favorite book. Awesome. Um, so that's a great one. Uh, I read... I started reading Iron Fist, the Immortal Iron Fist, the okay. Fraction Brubaker run um, on the Marvel Unlimited yeah. app, um, because I've always wanted to, Me and there were too. a lot of Iron Fist hints in Daredevil, mm-hmm. more than any other of the right. street-level heroes. Um, How was that run? It's been really good so far. It, it's How far in really uh, About five, I think. Cool. It does a really good job of introducing him, his world, his rivals, cool. which is what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually realized, because I had read Iron Fist before, I was like, was it that? No, there was a very short-lived 2004 series of right, Iron right, Fist right, that was not right. that good. Oh, another I forgot to mention, IDW's Ninja Turtles. Only a volume in it, but it's fantastic. I, awesome. yeah, I've yes. been reading that, too. Yes. My, my problem with that is it's such a, IDW has such a high price point yeah. for so few issues, yeah. so That's I'll usually true. go with something else. Because the first volume was only like four issues, I want to say. Yeah, there. They that's, all sort of their, yeah, yeah. that's their, their modus operandi for yeah. trades. But I've been really enjoying um, those. And then lastly, uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which is probably my favorite new ongoing of the year yes. so far. It's so much fun. It's sort of that Marvel quirky humor books like Howard the Duck and Ant-Man. And it's just... Squirrel Girl's one of those ridiculous characters I've always kind of had a soft spot for. She's usually the babysitter at Avengers Mansion for the longest time. Um, But seeing her in this new world where she's getting to fight Kraven the Hunter and Galactus and Whiplash. Yeah. And, you know, winning because she's the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. That's sort of her history is that she's ridiculously beat big Marvel villains before. Um, and the book's just so much fun. Um, I, I'm buying it in issues. I buy very few things in issues. I am a big trade waiter, but this is one where it's like, no, I want to see this book keep going after yeah. Secret Wars shakes yeah. out. So, um, I recommend to people in listener land, too, do that. Like, it, uh, Seriously, it matters. Like, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts with actual creators, like interviews, and they all say, man, the best thing you can do is buy my book. Even better, pull list my book. So like, I pick, yeah. personally, I pick you know, five to ten creators that, like, or, or, or series that I want to see continue, and I'm there on my pull list. Not about, it's not about what I necessarily want to read earlier, it's what I want to read at all, and I'm worried might not exist Yeah, tomorrow, that, that's exactly. the long-term thing you got to worry about sometimes. Um, so those are, is there anything else? Oh, I also read the first Black Panther arc, uh, Who is the Black Panther yeah, from cool. 2005, just because that character is going to be pretty big soon. Yeah. Um, and I've liked him in the Hickman Avengers stuff. So I've only read, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this real quick, because uh, we're just about at time here. Uh, Bitch Planet, uh, is amazing. Who's the writer of that? Kelly again? Sudaconic, That's just right. like Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. This book is freaking rad. Uh, you can just tell from the back, like, "Hey kids, patriarchy," and it's got all the, <laughs> and it's got like all these different like things you can order in the mail, like you know, Future of Torment and Pain, X-ray specs, and just just really like the non-compliance shit. signal, non-compliance. just blowing up as a tattoo. I know, which I kind of hate, but whatever. <laughs> I don't like when people tattoo like other people's art on their bodies. It's like, yeah. dude, come with your own ideas. Yeah. But anyway, unless it's gonna be Superman, you know what I mean? Because like that's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and I would—that's just my my two cents. But the characters in this, I mean, first of all, it's totally like gritty, nude. And yeah, yeah. They, they don't give a fuck. And also, 
And also, it's just such a... This has one of the biggest twists. Bitch Planet 1, you wouldn't know it. has one of the biggest twists that I've ever seen along the lines of Silence of the Lambs. And you'll know when you read <laughs> wow. it that I mean what, the, the twist in Silence of the Lambs uh, later on in the story when you don't know who's knocking on whose door. Uh-huh. That twist. Uh, this this book has one to rival that. And it may even be better than that. It's amazing. This book is just geniusly written. I have the next two issues. haven't gotten to them yet. But I love that. Suicide Risk, I have a feeling this book is... Uh, at risk of being killed. In fact, I bet you it is about to be. It's up to what four trades at this point. Yeah, but I think it's that's about... not a bad run. It's not. I just hope he's he's winding it up. I've read the first trade and then the first issue of the second. I love this book. I wish it was continuing. It's by Mike Carey. That is a victim of terrible marketing. Yeah, this is not. <laughs> see, this looks like a cop book. That's true. This looks like a freaking like near death. It's a, the, the cover is a is a cop with his police vest on. There is a dude with angel wings way yeah. in the back. Someone's flying. It still looks like a gritty cop book. It yeah, doesn't it does. look like Even the trade dress is gritty cop book. It doesn't look like every the like the the premise of the book being that like ninety five percent of superpowered people become villains in this universe. Right. So being a hero is a suicide risk. Exactly. Right. And so it's about that, but and it does not, not look like that at all. Like. My last two uh, picks are. I've obviously talked a lot about the fuse. The last time we were talking about comics. Okay. Love, 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 okay. love this series. It's, it's probably, in fact, it is my favorite ongoing series right now. Uh, it's everything I love. It's space. It's uh, uh, sci-fi and, and you know, uh, near future. Like, what could happen if we had a society in space that was such and such a way? And, and just future tech and who done it mixed. Love that. Uh, this is the first trade I'm holding in my hand, but the second trade is coming out next month. I can't wait to jump all over that. And not only that, but another book that's really good that I'm about two issues and that I didn't bring with me is Roche Limit. Uh, very similar to this, not as good, but also very, very good. So I would definitely recommend that as well. And that is that's it. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, that was this was our... super fun, oh, guys. Thank you for having me. You, and... you were great. Uh, really, great. you are welcome okay. back what? anytime. I feel honestly. like you've been on forever, man. <laughs> that did not feel like a new guest. Yeah. Well, so, no. um, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Definitely. So, uh, as always, you can. Check us. Find the archive at thejoyofgaming.com. Follow you know, me on Twitter, KW at KW KW Shafe. Uh, yep. Spell it. Uh, K W S C H A E F. Okay. Yes, we'll so. include that in the show notes. Um, also, at the Joy of Game on Twitter, that's our current handle. We're going to have the website back up soon, so you know you'll be able to look for that. And Facebook, with some new contributors, so that should be exciting. Uh, send us email at thejoyofgamingpodcast at gmail We're everywhere, and so. Uh, if you want to uh, send us out, yeah, yeah, with with uh, without further, yeah, so I can make some stupid comment on the outro. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, my name is Rich Lapore, Jordan Alseka, Kevin Schaefer, and uh, we are the Joy of Gaming slash the Joy of Comics. Dare I say it? Uh, anyway, we'll see you all real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.